This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, very nice to see you, Austin Lane. It's been a little while. Very nice to see you too, sir. Yeah, yeah we looking to good. Reintroduce ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I look stronger, bigger. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's the, the intermittent fasting, man. It's paying it, dividends. It's I mean, you're 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 killing it on the golf course. You're 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 killing this. I don't know, extra medium T-shirt here. I would say. So I know. It looking is a little good, small, man. Huh? Oh, you're looking good, man. Tiny. Don't don't get it twisted. But did now. you see my shirt today? I did not see it. Start spreading the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Red it. Sox when they beat the Yankees. I like but, uh, it. Pull that one out. Even my kids were looking at my... I must not wear this very often. Yeah. Probably because it is a little snug. No, for sure. Season. For sure. For sure. But um, well, they were like, what is that shirt? Yeah. So we, now we have to put a little tape over I was going to say, Mookie I mean, we need to put a little X right over that Mookie Betts guy right there. But besides that, cool looking shirt. Hey, baseball is kind of the story of the day. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here for two hours and talk baseball, but wow, what a story that continues to develop out of Houston. And maybe bigger picture, holy cow, I mean, how can these organizations be so blind to things at times? And that certainly seems the case in Houston. Uh, by the way, we are on the road once again, UNF Arena here in Jacksonville, River City Rumble tonight. We've got a good basketball game, so second time this season we've been out here. Uh, last time we were a good luck charm for the Ospreys, at yeah. least, because they beat Liberty. I'm sure J.U. Dolphins don't want that to be the case this time around. Uh, but the Ospreys were in first place in the A-Sun. Huge game for both because they need to keep pace. Big game looming against Liberty next week in Virginia for the Ospreys maybe to clinch first place in the A-Sun in that number one seed as we get closer and closer to March. But a huge game for J.U. too. They're 5-6. and six. They're tied with a couple other teams in the A-Sun. And that top four spot is a big one. They're tied for fourth place. But if you get a top four spot, you get a home game in the quarterfinals when the conference tournament begins. So that's a, a vital position to be in uh, for the J.U. Dolphins. They're playing better basketball as of late. Both teams coming off road wins. Ospreys have won four in a row. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show, but it's a good backdrop. Maybe we'll do some dunking, three-point shoot contest. Uh, I should have brought some better shoes, man. I'm still rocking the Vans, obviously. I mean, after all, it is NBA All-Star Weekend coming up. It Maybe is we NBA just do our own little weekend. festivities. Now we're talking. I like it, man. A little Stockton to Malone. We could always challenge some folks down the other end of the court. Oh, I don't, I don't think they want those problems. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think they, they want, they want that. that. either. Uh, <laughs> Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Kuz back in the studios. Uh, if the video feeds aren't up just yet, we'll get them up in just a moment. Uh, that is on the way. Uh, from here on the campus of the University of North Florida. We didn't get to something yesterday. My bad. I can be such a bad show host sometimes, man. <laughs> You're I leave good. the show and I'm like, didn't we tease that we were going to do that? And we didn't do it. Yeah. So we'll do it today. There's always another day. It's like baseball, right? It's like there's always another at bat. Sure. I mean, don't fret. Yep. Uh, usually there's another at bat. There's, a, there's always a chance to say that you're sorry and then you just move on. <laughs> yes. You know? You're you always going to have the opportunity. Say you're sorry. Yeah, just say uh, you're sorry. You're good to go. But anyway, we, we're going to kind of draft three players from the free agency field that we think the Jags could use to make a big difference. And we wanted to get that yesterday. We didn't. We had some NASCAR uh, interviews, and we're at Daytona. But we'll do that a little bit today. Uh, your call's always welcome, 904-362-9901. What do you think about this baseball scandal now? Here's the deal for me. With with the Houston Astros, you just brought it up. Jim Crane today looked like just a dumbass. I mean, <laughs> it, it was just awful how bad he looked. It's like 
you had a month to think about this stuff. Yeah. You had a month to digest it, basically, and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what uh, our plan of attack is going to be. Here's what we're going to say. Even before I could give all the details, although I believe in these kind of situations, being fully transparent is best. Come out and get in front of it and say, hey, we did it. Because you don't want three months from now more dirt coming out and more dirt. Mm-hmm. Or you don't want to spark the, the fire with just being a moron. Yeah. And this is what Jim Crane was today. It just amazes me that sometimes people in these high-profile positions, you can own teams, you can make gazillions of dollars, and, and sometimes you do really some dumb things like we all do. I mean, we're all, I guess, humans like that. But bad job of PR by the Houston Astros, bad job probably even by Major League Baseball mm-hmm. to not have at least uh, talked to the Houston Astros and said, hey, this is what you got to do. You got to get up there and do this. We want to put this thing behind us. Well, all they did was fan the flames on this whole scandal, and now I'm starting to believe it's bigger than I even thought it believe uh, it was. Like it's a bigger story than I thought it was. Everybody loves controversy in sports. Everybody wants to say, Ah, yeah, look what they did. They cheated. They did that. I'm not really. I think they're a really good baseball team, man. They have been. I, I, I've liked the organization a lot. They've been a, on the front end of a lot of different things, and they delivered in the clutch. And do I think this aided them in some way? Absolutely, it had to have aided them in some way. But do I think they also could have won without this? Yeah, because I think they were talented enough. It's not like the biggest scam ever in sports yeah. because they were good. I mean, they were legitimately good without this stuff, I believe. But now I'm starting to think, man, if you can't just come out and say it, this is going to go down in the history books. I mean, people have compared it to Shoeless Joe Jackson and, and those kind of scandals. I didn't really take it like that at first. And now I'm starting to. I, I think this is a mess by the Astros. And if you missed it, by the way, I know I'm, I'm kind of burying the lead, but you just heard it at the Sports Center update. Mm-hmm. Jim Crane, the owner, had a press conference today. Poor Dusty Baker is the new manager. He's just going to sit there and take just all this stuff. Just coming in and it's nonsense, yeah. And, and Jim Crane basically said, you know, yeah, we did it. We're sorry for it, but we don't think that it impacted anything. Well, well, then what are you apologizing for? And if you cheated, how can it not impact something? And this isn't just Jim Crane, though, too, Brent. This is the players as well. Because two players that were directly tied to the incidents um, had to come out and say something, too. And to be fair, it reminded me of, like, when I was a kid, like, in middle school or grade school, and I'd go with my mom to parent-teacher conferences. You remember those? Parent- <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, like, all of a sudden you go to that one teacher that you don't like, and she's like, yeah, Austin has kind of been a nuisance in class. And my mom's like, we better apologize. I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. You know, like it was just it was half-heartedly. I read from a script back then, and they're reading from a script now. It was just <laughs> yes. to me, it wasn't genuine. And a it, bad script. It, it was a bad script, and it wasn't genuine. And I think that's the problem where you have this much time to prepare. The whole baseball world is watching what you're gonna say, and you come out saying that stuff. Why not? Why even say anything at all? Then I guess you know. And that's the thing, right? And, and how can you be so aloof that you weren't gonna get the questions asked about you to dig a little bit deeper in this, and then contradict yourself? I mean, even the. I would say the organizations like CBS and ESPN and others like that, Sports Illustrated, they usually don't pile on, right? They just report. Well, if you looked at Twitter today, they piled on. Like, how could you say this and then this? As they and should he, pile that, on. And they should. I'm yeah. just saying that that's how astonishing it was mm-hmm. that you had to take a step back. It was just awful. And I did think, I saw some of the sound. I didn't see all of it, but I saw some of the sound from the players. And I thought at least there was some contrition on their part. I think they finally understand the scope of it. And if you go over the last few weeks, you have other players and other managers and other teams being like offended by this. And I think it sunk in a little bit with the Jose Altuve's of the world, the Verlanders of the world, those kind of players. And at least I saw some contrition on their part. I just can't believe the people in charge of the organization can be as dumb as they are. 
to come out today and do this. And I don't know where it goes from here for Houston. I don't know what it means in their legacy. I will say this, and I've said this before, much like we talk about Miles Garrett, much like we talk about other players that run into some things, from a team and an organization standpoint, they do have a chance to bury this in a way, or at least make it a footnote. They still have a very good baseball team. And they lose Garrett Cole, of course, off, off last year's World Series team. But if they can come back and perform well without stealing signs, without this controversy, and be maybe win the World Series, or at least be one of the best teams, I think people will kid around and be like, well, if they couldn't win the World Series because they couldn't steal the sign. But if they get to the World Series, even if they get to an ALCS and lose to the Yankees or somebody like that, I think it will validate how good of a baseball team they are, even if there is no validation for what they did to accomplish a couple of World Series titles, especially the one in 17. That's the one that, that is at, as front and center, the, the World Series in 17 when they cheated. You're going to find out exactly what kind of adversity and what kind of team the Houston Astros are, you know, are because we talk about adversity. Well, now they're, they're the marked team. And every single away game that they play at, there's going to be fans that are probably heckling them, you know, and that's just the way baseball works. And I think from a standpoint, if they show any kind of inkling of just, you know, maybe going like on a five or six game skid where they lose, people are going to say, well, it's because, you know, they're not stealing the signs anymore. So they've definitely left the target on their backs for sure. I think the press conference today made that target even bigger if it was possible. So... They're going to be behind the eight ball a lot going into the season, Brent. And once again, I mean, if they're to come out, you know, and and dominate like we think they should because they have the talent to do that, what's well, going to say about a lot of what kind of team they actually have? A couple of things here. I'm going to ask this a little bit later on, but I'll propose it now. Think about it, okay? And I almost wonder if this scandal, the stealing of signs, was more advantageous than almost those taking steroids. I'm not saying it's a bigger scandal because that was so widespread, and maybe it is a bigger scandal. We can debate that, too. But I wonder if it's more advantageous. If you played baseball before, and at that level, people don't understand how good a hitters those guys are because they're hitting 350 and three and a half out of every ten times or three out of every ten times, they're they're getting hit. Those guys are such good hitters. If you can tell them an off-speed pitch is coming or a fastball is coming, it is a huge advantage to a batter. So I kind of wonder... Uh, which one is bigger? Also, Kurt Warner had something interesting to say. We'll talk about that and get into some football as well on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live at UNF Arena, River City Rumble Part 2 tonight. It's on ESPN+. Plus. I'll have the call of that one. Well, our show's on ESPN 690 up until 6 o'clock. Thanks for hanging with us. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Hustlers organization and the team are... Uh, feel bad about what happened in, in 2017. <clears throat> we especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball. And our team is determined to, to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. Well, that is Jose Altuve. And let's be honest, he's probably my favorite player in Major League Baseball. Is it because of stature? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. this whole story, man. I mean, yeah. his story's unbelievable. Like they told him to go home back in the, uh, you know, back many years ago, and not even come to the tryout. You didn't gonna make the cut. He said, mm-hmm. "Screw that, I'm coming anyway." Mm-hmm. And here he is, all these years later, and one of the best players in the league. Sure. And by the way, see, I still think he is one of the great players in the league. This, this, in in a sense, is a little bit. Again, we'll find out more this year, but it's so different than steroids because. Like, everything's felt fabricated in steroids. Like, are they stronger? 
Is even their eyesight better? Are they recovering better? Which is really, I think, the number one uh, benefit of the steroid use back in the day with Major League Baseball. Yeah. It's the recovery part of it oh, in, a, in a taxing sport day in, day out. Not a physical sport, yeah. but a taxing well, sport in a I long think, season. I think it's a big thing in all professional sports. Even, in, you know, I mean, playing ball now. But, like, obviously, I mean, I think the drug testing has been a little more stringent. But, you know, back in the day of the NFL players, I mean, I'm sure that was the main reason why they did steroids. Like, yeah, strength is a big part of it. But, obviously, the recovery is probably the biggest. And so I think this is a little different in the sense that, before the sign stealing, I think Jose Altuve and those guys are good players. I think after they'll be good players. That's my point. Yeah. And I think that will be authentic. That, that won't feel as robbed. Now, that season, the postseason, all the rest of it, I, I think can feel robbed, and, and rightfully so. And one of the questions out there is the penalties for this were massive at, at first. Remember we talked about it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, they're losing draft picks for a couple of years. It was $5 million fine which is pretty pretty significant. But it was really the year-long suspensions for the managers, and then Cora got in it, and now Beltron in it, too. So I thought it was pretty significant. Heck, listen to Jim Crane today. I feel like they should just just suspend the whole organization. <laughs> just not have the Houston Astros. Put them on timeout, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what are we doing? I know, I mean, man. could they do more? Should they do more? Or should they have done more? I don't think they're going to go back and do more now. But, but – after listening to the comments of an organization that overall, with the heads of those folks, don't sound very contrite, and even A.J. Hinch in his interview had some loopholes of sounding, he sounded contrite, but he wasn't willing to categorically deny or admit some things. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man. I, maybe maybe they should have got more. <laughs> well, and, and this is the problem, Brent, and, and listen, far be it for me to judge somebody based off one press conference of the way they come across, but let's be honest, these are pro ball players. okay, they're used to dealing with the media, they do it after every single game they do in spring training, so this isn't the first rodeo of talking to the media, and I'm just saying I felt zero remorse from anybody on that team. Um, I felt like they suffered zero consequence, and if that's the case, then maybe, like you said, more maybe shouldn't have been done just to try to make them feel a little bit bad about themselves because what they did was obviously wrong. Yeah, and uh, again, I thought the players and some of the sound that I heard today did sound contrite, even Jose Altuve there, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think they now know it's on such a big scale. This is what happens a lot in controversies, right? You're like, your first thing is, oh, no, I I didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I would not have done that knowingly. I I would not have gone to those depths. And then after weeks and days and months or whatever it might be, the timeline, it all coming out in the backlash from fans, from Major League Baseball, from Pierce, which is really the one that sticks with you, I think, as a player and manager. I think then they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, we better get out in front of this. And the players, I think, did a better job of that well, uh, than Jim Crane. And I'm going to be honest in the situations whether you know it's it's some guy getting suspended for drugs or it's you know some guy getting caught for cheating. Regardless of the sport, I feel like if they come out and just be honest right away, I feel like that's almost better, Brent. Sometimes than like trying to deny it and then having to like circle around and be like, all right, I actually did do it and stuff like that. Like I think if people are just straight up honest with them, I think especially now with the landscape of you know the the professional sports fan, I think they'll actually welcome you back a little more if you're honest with them straight up. Well, I I, I totally agree with you. Uh, my old pal in, in Albany, New York, my sports director, uh, always had this mentality on things that we would cover and people, especially the wrongdoings, and he said, just get out in front of it. Mm-hmm. Get out in front of it. And that's basically what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Get out in front of it and, and put all the worst stuff in the rear view, even though that sucks for the time being, yeah. and you don't want to do that, but it's way better than the alternative. And by the way, I think that's a great 
lesson in life. Like, I mean, if you're a kid who's lied to your parents, get out in front of it. Absolutely. You know, if you screwed up at work, get out in front of it. You know, it, it just is what it is, but it's easier and better than burying and burying and burying stuff because sooner or later, hey, sometimes you get lucky. Yes, yeah, sometimes. But, and it doesn't come out. But most times it comes out. And by the way, the stress of living with all that ain't, ain't too fun, I wouldn't imagine. All right, a couple comments, then we'll move on from the baseball stuff. I. I know this isn't a huge baseball area. I know that's not our audience all the time, but it's a big story mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball and uh, a big story uh, really in sports today. And, and it does, you know, I, I don't know if there's a tie-in and automatically you kind of say, hey, what about those New England Patriots? Yeah. You know, I even thought about this today, and this is wrong for me to think this way, but but I seriously thought about this. I was like, is there a chance – like Tom Brady as a free agent might want to get out of New England because he doesn't want to associate himself with some of the things that New England Patriots do. And he kind of knows because players know. People inside those organizations kind of know what's going on to a degree, especially someone with Tom Brady's stature. And, but please don't get this wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that they all knew and that's why, and Tom Brady wants to get out because of that. I'm just telling you that it ran through my mind today, that scenario. Because that's where my mind goes. I'm like, okay, who else in sports could you relate this to? Mm-hmm. And right now, the New England Patriots and their run and their success, uh, why I don't think it really factors much into some of the things they've done to bend the rules. I, I really don't. I, I think they've proven it on the field, and you still have to do that. At least my mind wanders there when I'm looking for a comp. Oh, listen, I mean, with Tom Brady, for sure, also college coaches. You know, when, when a college coach Brady, leaves, yeah, I call. mean, it's it's like almost through secondary nature to be like, all right, well, something's up with him, especially out of the blue. I'm reminded of Pete Carroll. When Pete Carroll left USC, I mean, he you know, he goes to the NFL again. It's like, okay, something's got to be coming. And guess what? Something came. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, that's just secondary nature where when guys leave unexpectedly, and, and I can play Jimbo Fisher a little bit too as well. When Jimbo left for A&M, I was kind of on the impression like, man, I bet, I, I bet something's about to come down at Florida State. I don't think anything really did, did come down at Florida State. But, yeah, it's it's just kind of nature to think that. It, well, it is. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it's in our sports world today. You know, And, and I guess that's why NCAA especially, they have allowed us, they've almost made us numb to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we know it, we acknowledge it. Just don't take away, I always say, my bracket in the semifinals <laughs> and big bowl games. Yeah. You know? Yep. Seriously, that's the way we've become as sports fans. Mm-hmm. And... To a degree, I was like that with the steroid era. It's like, all right, but don't take away my baseball and don't take away my star players. You know? Yeah. And so we all do that as I, I shouldn't say we all do that. I think we do that at some time though. We become numb to it. We're like, Yeah, but I don't want to suffer. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm the sports fan. Exactly. I don't want to suffer. Yeah. And I also don't want to admit that greatness that I saw wasn't true. Exactly. That you it was know? It's all just kind of pre manufactured. Yeah. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's a selfish nature to how we look at it. Correct. At least for me, there. No, if I, I'm being genuine. There I is. agree. I, and and some may just flat out call it out. A uh, couple of comments on this. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Uh, I had I had it. All right. Uh, Christopher says just means MLB needs to dig a little deeper. He had to have known about it. Let's put a postseason ban on them and suspend everyone involved, including players, for 60 games. Mm-hmm. Oof. It's a big one. That'd be one heck of a minor That's league. That's a team big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ocho Fisher says we've been getting a master class in bad sports PR the last couple of weeks. Uh, might be fair. <laughs> Ocho Fisher also says I think MLB wants to go this way because of what they will find league wide. It was always the next step in the sabermetrics. How can we use trend analysis in real time to our advantage? That's a little deep. I understand what you're saying with the analytics and the sabermetrics and all those things. 
And, uh, well, they pushed a button a little bit too far. Uh, they sure did that. Eric Locke says they should be uh, punished by forcing to listen to our radio show. All right. Nice. He kids because he cares, he says. TJ McConnell box score breakdown back to back to back to back <laughs> days, man. I like it. Uh, yeah, see, kids because he cares. I got breaking news. Okay. Uh, Tiger Woods, eagle the Uh-oh, first back. hole. We're, we're back. the first hole. Tiger watches back. Uh, at Riviera. Okay. All right. I like I just it. just want to let you know. This is the, the first round today, Brent? First round okay. today. He's in search for win number 83. Uh, there have it. been some nice 83s over the years, right? Sure. Uh, 83, Willie Galt. Yep. Mark Clayton. Okay, good. I mean, I've heard Deion of these guys. Branch. Nice, got it. I got zero 83s for you. I'm sorry. Right. I got nothing on the, on the docket. I'm into, like, these jersey numbers. You are, man. Things. Yeah, you're, like, like a jersey you're obsessive guy. a little bit. I am a little obsessive. That's all right, though. All right, one last thing on this. Uh, Kurt Warner chimes in from the NFL world. I saw a lot of NFL guys jumping in on this Houston yeah. conversation. Kurt says, in terms of sports, what's worse than what's worse than people who cheat and then apologize with no ramifications on what they accomplish while cheating? So he's saying people who cheat or the no ramifications. Mm-hmm. I'm all for second chances, he says, but to allow accomplishments to stand while cheating is being done just spits in the face of true competition. And I think what he's saying here is, go get that World Series trophy out of there and say they're not the, they they didn't win the World Series in 2017. Major League Baseball said they're not doing that. At least sure. that's what they've already said. And I'm a big fan of not doing that as well. Uh, again, in my opinion, Reggie Bush won the Heisman Trophy. Of course, they've Thank taken you. it away from him. Yes, he won the Heisman matter. Trophy. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's all sorts of programs that over the years have vacated wins, and some even I think national championships. So I'm not wrong. I still believe they won them. Exactly. In, in the heart of hearts. It might not show uh, officially in the record book or whatever, and that might mean something to people. I get it. Yeah. But I would say the Astros, to me, won the World Series. They, they, yeah, there's a lot of aspects of baseball. Do I think this helped them? Absolutely, I do. But I don't want to rip it away. In fact, I wouldn't mind putting an asterisk next to it and, and, and making sure we know that moment existed with that team, and it's always attached to them yeah. to say they won, but. They won doing this. This was a huge scandal that was uncovered years later, Yeah. Uh, not during that same time, but they won. So I'm not a big fan of taking it away. I think Kurt Warner was trying to say, hey, grab that thing from him. I don't think that really means anything, and you're not going to give a second-place prize. The Dodgers aren't going to go throw a parade now. Well, exactly, and unless Kurt Warner can produce like one of those D neuralizers from Men in Black where you just look at it and it erases all your memories, then okay, then I'm for it. But if not, then man, guess what? I'm, I'm still going to remember cheering for the Astros. I'm still going to remember exactly what transpired back in 2017 and me celebrating when they won because I was happy, to tell you the truth, because they were a small market team that they built through the farm system and when they're ready to go, they got their, you know, the high uh, price free agents. So like I respected how they built that ball team. Now obviously the cheating tarnishes a little bit, but it's not going to take away from the memories I have of them winning. So, All right, uh, that's the baseball stuff for now. A little bit later on, I will ask, if I remember, because often I don't. Yep. But I will ask again, and I asked this after the first segment. I just don't want to get to it. I want to give you a little time to think about it. And that is, is this at the root of the stealing sign scandal, as what we know of it, a bigger advantage than the guys that even took steroids in the steroid era? At first glance, you're like, yeah, right, whatever, Brent. But think about it a little bit. Yeah. Was it? And I've got a couple of thoughts on that. We'll do that a little bit later. Right next, we'll come up with some football. Mel Tucker, talk about him in a bit. A.J. Boye, Marcel Darius. We've talked about them the last couple of days. 
Could they be on their way out of Jacksonville? Some football conversation next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 live from UNF Arena. River City Rumble tonight, 7 o'clock. Probably could find situations in which all 30 teams, at some point or another, you might have had, you know, a pitcher looking at a starting pitcher on a day's not pitching, looking at video and then saying in the dugout, yeah, this is what the signs are. And I think the Astros operated under the premise that everyone was doing the exact same thing. Right. But it's clear from the reaction that the whole in real time using technology to, to see the signs of the catcher and then communicating in the eyes of a lot of their opponents above and beyond. That's ESPN's Buster Only on the sign stealing scandal of the Houston Astros. And gosh, I almost feel like it's more of a scandal because of the aloofness and moronic nature. Is that a word? Of uh, Jim yeah, Crane and Houston we'll and their explanations. I mean, it's just. I feel like I like I like the Astros organization. I have. I've been a fan of theirs. As have I. And now, I hate the fact that I liked them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, listen, I'm a Red Sox fan. See the shirt today. Uh, but that doesn't mean, listen, the Red Sox could have been doing this too. You know, and maybe Alex Cora brought it over. Uh, although there's less evidence of that, at least right now. But we'll see, because they're still researching that. So I, I think I, I don't want to be like holier than now and say like, oh, my team wouldn't do that. Heck yeah, my team would probably do it too. But bottom line is, I just feel there's a bad feeling around Houston right now, and I like that organization. So that's too bad. Uh, we'll get more into. I want to really uh, think about this, folks, because I, I just don't want to go right into it. But we we'll a little bit later. We're gonna get to football now. Is it more advantageous, or was it for the Astros to do what they did, or? to do what so many did back in the steroid era and take steroids. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Right now, though, let's talk some football. And, uh, well, you know what? Let's jump start with a phone call. Todd's on the line. I think he wants to talk a little Jags. Uh, thanks for listening to Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. Todd, what you got? Uh, I was wondering if, if the Jags couldn't sign Yon and they tagged him, would it be a good idea for them to try to trade Yannick and Gagwe, our ninth overall pick, and maybe a second or third round pick to try to go for Chase Young? All right, Todd, appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Uh, you bring up an interesting scenario, and I think in the big picture you bring up one scenario, and that is should they look to trade Yannick Ngakwe if they don't think they can sign him? Yeah. The second part of that is what you just gave, a specific illustration of it. Could you trade Yan and the ninth pick for Chase Young? That seems like a lot mm-hmm. for the Jags to trade for a guy that hasn't done anything in the NFL, in my opinion. That yeah. seems like a lose situation for the Jags. I don't think I do that. I don't know what the chart says in terms of value. And I know Chase Young is supposed to be a He's slam dunk guy. He's supposed to be guy. a pretty legit guy, yeah. There's been a lot of guys over the years that are supposed to be slam dunk guys coming out in the top five of the draft and haven't been. That scares me. I would rather pay an extra three, four, five million a year for Yannick and know what I have, yeah. than go get a guy like Chase Young and know what I don't have. Am I am I but, ridiculous? Well, I don't want to call you ridiculous here, but let's be honest. I understand there's always going to be busts in the top five, but usually that defensive end spot, when there's a highly touted pass rusher coming out of college, as far as the names that come to mind, you know the Khalil Max, the Von Millers, um, you know obviously the, the Josh Allen's from last year. I think. Usually, when that high-ranked pass rusher comes out, he produces right away. So, I think the Chase Young trade would definitely be intriguing. And, and, and here's the standpoint, Brent. And here's if you're the Jaguars organization you have to look at right now. 
Number one, you have to analyze, does Yannick Ngakwe even want to be here? Because if you franchise take him, you run the risk of the possibility he doesn't want to play. And then you kind of screwed yourselves over because, you know, obviously you have a player on your roster that doesn't want to play. So if there is no chance in saving the relationship between Yannick Ngakwe and the organization, well, then you have to try to get some value for him because technically he's still under contract. You can still have him under contract with the franchise tag. So I'm not opposed to trading him if he doesn't want to be here 100%. Obviously, I think you know where I stand, where I want to keep him um, at all costs. But if it's worse comes to worse, then yeah, then maybe a trade um, would be appetizing. But let me ask you this question, Brent. Well, what would you do if you traded away the ninth pick and Yannick Ngakwe for Cleo Mack? the Chicago Bears, because rumors are right now that they're trying, they might be shipping Cleo Mack. Huh. Um, again, I, it's, uh, I didn't expect that question. I know, sorry. The, uh, Put you on the spot. GM Martino. Here's my first reaction to that. It's a great call. I think Khalil Mack's an unbelievable player. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to go back and revision his history, by the way, Gus Bradley really wanted Khalil Mack with that number two, three overall pick, and, and they took Blake Bortles that year. Gotcha. But uh, I think, to me, I would say the same thing. i like, okay, I've got mega production, it seems like, from a sack total out of Yannick Ngakwe. Now, he hasn't proven he's the 15-16 sack guy. He's not that. Khalil Mack has done that. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack has proven that he's almost he's defensive player of the year worthy. Absolutely. So you have to stack from a resume standpoint, Cleo Mack, better. Yeah, he also comes as the most expensive pass rusher in the NFL right now, I believe, right? $23 million a year? I believe so, yes. So again, I have to ask myself, wait, I can get a guy that's 37 and a half sacks who's just 24 years old, which would mean a couple few years younger. He'll be 25 by the time he plays. So 25 years old, a couple few years younger than Cleo Mack. Mm-hmm. And I have my ninth pick, which is a potential bona fide Pro Bowl player. Yep. Down the road, I would say no. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I, I I would I would do all I can, and if that means cost me more to get and keep Yannick Ngakwe, I would. Keep in mind what Austin's asking. He's not saying you think Yannick Ngakwe is a better player all around than Khalil Mack. No, not saying that. Mm-hmm. But I do think Yannick Ngakwe and Isaiah Simmons is a better makes the Jacks like better than yeah. just Khalil Mack. Yeah. You know, Derek Brown and Yannick Ngakwe on the same roster in 2020. That makes the Jags a lot better than it makes just Khalil Mack on the team. So I think if I'm the Jags, I have to do that. Again, the the underbelly of all this, and Todd brought it up, uh, and you brought it up, and we've all brought it up, is the disconnect right now between the Jags and, and Gakwe. There's not a lot of movement right there. It feels like he doesn't want to be a part of that. There's a lot of reparation of a relationship that needs to go on, if that already is going on or not. I still think that stuff is workable. I understand what he's saying on social media. I understand how he feels about it. Yeah. He does not like the organization right now, or at least the last we talked to him. I get that. But I do think that's a fixable thing, Austin. I I, I know dollars <laughs> and respect, because respect yeah. is dollars. It is. Help that out. I just don't know if they're going to get there in terms of the dollars. I really don't. Like In his mind, what he wants, I just don't know if the Jags are going to be willing to go there. I don't know if they're going to get there. I really don't. So what you're asking now is franchise tag. And if I'm Doug Marone, I'm saying, hey, franchise tag him. I need him this year. Right? But I think Dave Caldwell, Shad Khan, Tony Khan, this organization has asked themselves, okay, 2020, he's a a good player. He's going to make us a lot better. 
but what if we could get a first-round pick in return? Yeah. You know, what if we get, I, I don't know what the value will be. I've got to believe it's close to a first-round pick. I'm not sure it's a lottery pick, but it's going to be close to a first-round pick, if not a high second, and maybe some others in there for his production at age 25 in a premium position. Well, another question for you, too. And I'm, I'm kind of spurring all these questions on you, and I apologize, but I think it's something that needs to be answered as well. Where if you're talking about Yannick Ngakwe and you're talking about, and listen, I know the situation right now. I'm not in his camp. I think one would assume where if he was to get franchise take, I think he would say he's going to sit out and then not play. I don't that, believe You don't that. think so? Okay. I don't. You don't. I really you, don't. You don't think there's a possibility of that? Oh, no. I, listen, it's a possibility. Sure. And, and listen, I respect the heck out of the principal nature of Yannick Ngakwe, yep. and I believe he is that guy. Yep. But Yannick Ngakwe, to sit out, for, 17, for 18, 18 or 19 it is, million yeah. dollars, it, it it makes no. Listen, Le'Veon Bell sitting out for 14 million dollars didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yannick Ngakwe sitting out and not playing for 19 million dollars makes zero sense to me. I don't care how mad he is, mm-hmm. he's he's already bet on himself once. Yeah, bet on yourself again, but it's 19 million dollars in cold hard cash. It's a guy that's made less than $4 million, I think it is, in the NFL. Yeah. That makes no I understand there will be that posturing. It will go all the way to camp. He'll play games. Okay. He will play the season in 2020. i got to believe it. Interesting. I'm just saying don't underestimate the fact that where if he threatens not to play, I mean, that's then he's not risking getting hurt, right? So he's waiting for another team to come by, scoop him up, and not offer him that long-term deal. So I think that's a possibility as well. I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, you have to go – if he does threaten to sit out, do you call that bluff and push them all in, or do you kind of bow down to the needs and try to trade them? I think if I'm the Jaguars brass, I push them all in and say, all right, let's see what you do. I think I would too, but if I got an offer, and remember now, they wanted to do that with Ramsey. They wanted to call the bluff. They didn't want to trade him initially. And then they said, oh, wait a minute, two first-round picks and a fourth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where that conversation changes, depending on what you're going to get. Uh, more thoughts on the Jags, A.J. Boye, Marcel Darius, and I try to get some oxygen. Next, back in Sports Jacks on ESPN 6 time. So I'm moving forward today. Do you regret it? Do you regret the sign stealing team? I, I, I am. I am sorry. I, I'm remorseful. I regret it. Do you wish you guys hadn't done it? Yes. Baseball players are human beings, um, and human beings make mistakes, and... Um, I'm sorry for all the choices that we made. That's Alex Bregman. And the Oscar goes to Alex Bregman. <laughs> what a performance. Um, yeah, Alex Bregman sounding contrite is a little more difficult. Because he comes off as this snotty guy. Yeah. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. But uh, he's a good player. Yeah, he is. Like he was a player. But he doesn't come off as the most warm. You know, he, he admits, I mean, he's an arrogant player, and that's kind of what gets him going. has a little cockiness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like him as a player, but I don't think in a contrite moment of this, he's going to be the best guy to yeah. kind of read. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah, my But bad. I don't think that's in him uh, that much for Alex Bregman. Uh, the big story of the day is the Houston Astros, and, and really they're – just awful handling of the sign-stealing uh, scandal. If you missed it, uh, Jim Crane, Houston Astros owner, had a news conference today, this morning, and it was just awful. It was a mess. So that's why this is so prevalent. It always already has been prevalent uh, as we enter spring training and, and catchers and uh, pitchers and catchers reporting this week. But it, it continues to be a big story uh, around the sports world and in Major League Baseball. 
We'll have uh, more on that a little bit later on. I want to stick with football right now. And uh, I think there are some reports out there about uh, A.J. Boye uh, likely to be released. Uh, I think uh, Marcel Darius. Listen, Marcel Darius is going to be released. At least initially, you know, like, yeah. it, it, and, and I don't know, like, it's the chicken or the egg type thing, but I believe there's a chance Marcel Darius likes Doug Marone so much and likes it in Jacksonville and, and has a a comfort zone here that he would rework. Mm-hmm. But he, he costs so much money under his current deal, it ain't happening. Yeah. So they'll have to release him or say, hey, we're going to release you, and then the dominoes start to fall from there. And I think there is a chance that happens. Now, I can't get anybody else to kind of say, hey, yeah, I think it might be headed that way. That's just me talking. I, I just have a gut, knowing Marcel a little bit, my time with him over the last couple of years, and, and he genuinely enjoys being in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, now, maybe something changed along the way. I don't know. But he has he's in a happy spot. Yeah. You know, well, here. So I also think that he, could keep him here. He respects the heck out of Doug Marone as well. He does. And we know that from their Buffalo days. And, again, I think there's one important factor here. This guy has made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So it, while it's always about money to a degree, it it doesn't have to be about money with him. Well, yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's made $100 million dollars in I don't know career. how many more Brinks trucks he actually wants to purchase because he, he, <laughs> he, he, he literally has a Brinks truck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think especially when you get to his age, you know, coming off the injury – I agree with you, Brent, where sometimes, like, yeah, obviously money is still important. It's going to be important to anybody. But also I just think being comfortable, right, and being in an environment that you're accustomed to um, as opposed to going to a new team. Now, if that new team, um, you know, presents itself to win a Super Bowl possibly or to be a, a top team in the NFL, then I can see that. But like you said, I think Marcel Darius is comfortable here in Jacksonville. I think he respects the heck out of Doug Marone. And I think that he would be willing to obviously restructure that contract because he's done it before. So then that uh, we'll see what happens with Marcel. We'll Dallas. see what happens. I think the bigger one is when it comes to uh, A.J. Boye. We talked about this earlier in the week, I think it was. Maybe it was last week, but I think it was earlier in the week. And A.J. Boye is interesting to me. There are a lot of folks, and I've said this countless times now, that say, hey, A.J. Boye really didn't play that well once Jalen Ramsey got traded. I think that's a bad narrative. I And, and I'm not football guru guy, mm-hmm. but... I don't like the narrative of that. I I don't think he was bad. Now, is he worth thirteen, sixteen million, whatever that price tag is? I don't know if that's true either. I, I think when you have to cut some dollars, he is someone you're going to point to. Is he playing to that level? And you brought it up. I mean, is can you just say, hey, go shut this guy down? Well, you probably can't go say shut this guy down for the entire game, but you can say. Go try to shut him down. Well, and and he's your best option right now to do that. Exactly. But let's be honest, but there's a lot of guys in this league where you go up to him and be like, can you shut this guy down? And, <laughs> and they can't do that. They can't. Honestly. Oh, you I thought you were going to say you can say, go try to shut him down. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm just saying from, you know, like the, the, the quote-unquote traditional shutdown corner. Yeah. Those are a few and far between. You know, like I was like Stefan Gilmore. Um, you know, so I'm going to put Jalen Ramsey in that category Absolutely, still yes. as well. But, I mean, they're, like I said, those are kind of few Rhodes, and far between. It wasn't that way this year. No, not even close. But, and, but and he did was he that hurt guy. them, is my point. Did, I mean, sure, he hurt them a little bit. But he's still a good player. Sure. He didn't live up to what he was. And, and really, he had a bad year. Mm-hmm. Like, A.J. Boye had a better year than Xavier Rhodes. I think so. But it's not like it was... Oh wow! I mean, they won four games because, and that kind of shows you the nature of that position sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just bring people back to listen. The best guy you're going to face this year, when you have to go up one on one with him, and the hardest defend for AJ Boya, given his size difference, I think is DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. And, and by the way, the fact that Hopkins might be the best receiver in the game. Yeah. 
And I thought he did a wonderful job mm-hmm. on DeAndre Hopkins over there in London. It was probably the only bright spot of that entire game, really. Sure. Uh, and, and there was a lot of running, and, and Watson did a lot with his legs that game. But it's not like they didn't try to get it to, to Hopkins. I think he had five catches. And I thought Hopkins played, I'm sorry, Boye played really well, matched up against the most difficult guy maybe in the NFL in, uh, in DeAndre Hopkins. So I guess my, my thought on Boye is a little bit different. I think it was uh, – is, it, is the article attributed to Osher from Jaguars.com? Correct, yeah, that, that's what I read in Maybe CBS. he did it in a mailbag he does or something sure. like that. But either way, the word is starting to trickle out like, hey, the, I don't think it's a nature of, hey, the Jags don't want A.J. Boye. Mm. I think it's a cap casualty type of thing. And another option less talked about is could you rework it? If you Here's why you rework stuff, or at least a, address a player to rework it. If you hit the open market, you release them. What's A.J. Boye going to get on the open market? I don't know. Hard to say. I don't know. Keep in mind, there's a draft. If you really need a corner in the top ten, you got a Cuda, mm-hmm. one of those guys, you're going to invest in that before you're going to go give $12 million to A.J. Boye. Sure. I think Boye's got, a, got a, good, a lot of football left in him. I think he's also a nice presence in the locker room for a young room in that secondary. I think there are reasons for the Jags to want to keep A.J. Boye. Bottom line is, I don't think they'll keep him at this hefty price tag because – Really, they need to do other things as well. One last thought that I have on the Boye front, Austin, is you have to be so careful to leave gaping holes in your roster. And if they do this, they do leave a gaping hole as their, who really is their number one cornerback? You can like Trey Herndon. I think Trey Herndon performed pretty well, a lot better than anybody thought he would perform. But I'm not ready to sign Trey Herndon up for the number one task every week on a Sunday against the other team's number one wide receiver. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that's the biggest point with A.J. Boye. If you want to compare defenses, compare him to San Francisco 49ers, okay? Now, granted, the stuff that they do up front is a little different than what the Jaguars are doing this year with the wide nine. But in the backside playing cover three, listen, the 49ers had a lot of success because of a guy by the name of Richard Sherman. Now, to be fair, Richard Sherman isn't in his prime like he was in Seattle, okay? Yeah. Um, there's a couple times this season where Richard Sherman got burnt a little bit, right? But Richard Sherman's not traditionally that, you know, I'm going to cover the one receiver. I'm covering a certain side of the field and cover three, and I'm going to do my spot, my, my spot with my intelligence. I'm going to use my savviness, and I'm going to play good football. And that's what Richard Sherman did, and he helped out the 49ers a lot. And when I see A.J. Boy, I'm not trying to compare him to Richard Sherman, but I think A.J. Boy, we saw him against the New York Jets, Brent. He was running run, Robbie Anderson's route for him, right? And he got the interception. A.J. Boy is a very smart football player. Yes. And especially whether you want to put him on the one receiver, or you want to put him back in zone coverage. What was the problem this year for the Jaguars a lot? The zone coverage. Guys not being on their man. Guys being in the wrong spot. Well, I don't think A.J. Boy really had a lot of those problems. Oh, yeah, maybe there's going to be a big physical receiver sometimes that outbodies him. So be it. That happens all the time in the NFL. But I just think, once again, if you can restructure that deal, um, if you can keep him, I think you have to because, once again, he is a pillar in that locker room as well. Keep in mind, restructuring is hard. It's not yeah. easy. Players don't want to do that either. No, they, they don't. They want to do the franchise tag, but they don't want to restructure. Calais Campbell, I think they tried to restructure his deal a couple years ago. They couldn't figure it out. didn't happen. And this is this might sound a little foolish from A.J. Boye's point of view, but I do think he likes being in this area of the country. And he played in Houston, the obviously UCF guy, but not because of that. He has ties in Atlanta, and that's where his, I think he has two little girls now. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to get back and forth, easy for them to come here. At least that's the case. It has been the last few years for him. And I don't want to dip into a player's personal life, so sure. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm just saying I wonder if... Given his role here, and even if he had to chop the salary a little bit, and what he might get on the open market, you put all those things together, if maybe the Jags could keep him 
at a little bit of a discounted rate from what they are scheduled to have him at in 2020. I don't know if a lot of people, enough people have talked about A.J. Boye because there's so much attention on Yannick, so much attention on the quarterback, so much attention on Calais Campbell and everything else going on around the Jags. But Boye is a big domino to fall in the next few weeks. Hey, when we come back, Mel Tucker is the new coach at Michigan State. We love Mel Tucker. Oh, I do. There's a lot of controversy around Mel Tucker right yeah, now. Yeah, there is. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this. Live from UNF Arena, River City Rumble tonight, 7 o'clock. This is the right time for me to be here. You know, that's really what it comes down to. The commitment is here. The resources are here. The want to. The leadership is here. Everything is here. Everything we need is here right now to get done what we need to get done. And so... Although we all have to make tough decisions at times, this was certainly one of them. It was the right decision, and um, and there's no doubt in my mind about that. That is Mel Tucker, former Jaguars interim head coach, now the Michigan State head coach. After being at Alabama and Georgia and then getting a job at Colorado State, Colorado, I'm sorry, uh, for a year, and then jumping over to Michigan State. So essentially... I just gave you a lot of jobs that he's had, but he, he has had a different job in 18, 19, and now 20. And it's a big story right now about coaches being able to do that. And that's an age-old question. But it's more and more in play, I think, because of the transfer portal and also because of something Mel Tucker said recently about the transfer portal. Uh, so And also, Drew Pearson jumped in on it, too. I don't know if you saw that tweet. I did see that. But very interesting and, and somewhat scathing. So uh, Mel Tucker, by the way, fantastic man. Uh, at least the Mel Tucker we know you played for. Him. Oh, yeah. but Two uh, twice played for him in Jacksonville and Chicago. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic man. But uh, now at the forefront of an interesting question or two or some issues in college football. Uh, Brett Martin of Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Who's back in the studios? It's it's crystal clear now. I just don't like Coos never going back to the studio. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, I guess your actions speak are speaking volumes here. I've actually I, I was at TPC Sawgrass. I saw Nicole, yep. the better half of Coos. Didn't talk to her either. I didn't. You were in the zone though. I was. I, yeah. I I didn't even stop by. So it must be like anything Coos related. I'm not talking. To. <laughs> You're not going to associate yourself with anything. Yeah. Okay. It's the opposite of like Sean McVay. <laughs> Or if you, you've had a we're, phone call with him, you get a job. Yeah, we're, if you're associated with Coos, it's not going to turn out well for you. No, so just leave it alone. Hey, Coos, man, I still got your back, dude. Don't worry. A uh, couple other things of note here. If he's even there, I don't know. Uh, he probably, he's he's probably. ducked out like 15 yeah. different times today. Yeah. I'm Who here. Who we're even on? Okay, that's all uh, good. The, I'm, uh, I, I couldn't get – you offered to go stop and get me something for lunch. Twice, man. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal at all. This wasn't like your Chipotle – Day though. No, no, so we've been. We've, yeah, my, my my wife's been coming through with the home with the home cooked meals, man. So I, I I've been rocking those lately. I might have to like send her a check or a there you go, or something cut like that. the check, Maybe man. She can make a couple. I, I'll see what we can do for you. And so I'm rocking the old Girl Scout cookie yeah. lunch. Hey. <laughs> like a like a <laughs> freshman bachelor in college, dude, just living off Girl Scout cookies uh, and some good old bottled water. But here's the deal. Uh, I'm proud of myself today. Okay. Because I was getting stuff done at the station and working on the combine uh, coming up in a couple of weeks and other things. Are you going to that, by the way? Yeah, for a couple okay, of days. Okay, cool. And so it was like when I got in my car, it was 2.36. Now, listen, the station is three minutes from here. Hop, skip, and a jump. But so is Wawa. Oh, yeah. Like right there. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to show everybody how much I've matured <laughs> over the years. 
But I was headed to Wawa. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. I can get to Wawa, get something to eat, and still set everything up and, and go live at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I got to, like, the entrance of UNF, and I'm like, probably shouldn't do it, man. Not going to do it. I got I got Girl Scout cookies, and I also have um, uh, Graham, no, what are those? What are the other cookies? Animal crackers <laughs> that I still have that big bucket left over from the Super Bowl in the car. That's like... Um, if I really need something. Yeah, I forgot about those animal crackers. Yeah. Man. Where, where did you pull that thing from, by the way? That was like a Costco buy. Who eats animal crackers? That that, that isn't like over five years old. <laughs> Honestly. Animal crackers I love animal great. crackers. Oh, you guys. Yeah, man. Animal you, crackers are good. These you aren't guys have... These are like organic, like animal crackers. They don't make regular ones, apparently, and sell yeah. them at Costco. They're just like the organic ones. You and guys, I don't mind like oh. organic food. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's like it, it all. Most of it tastes the same. The animal crackers are not as good as regular animal crackers. I will tell you that. I feel like animal crackers in general are just pretty bland and no, plain. No, animal crackers can be good, you, man. You, you guys have the most basic palates of all time. It's, the, it's unbelievable. You want to know where the best animal crackers are? <laughs> Get with know, it. Do they still do the animal crackers in, like, the Happy Meal at McDonald's? Oh, I, like, I remember those, dude, man. Those the line was the original one. animal crackers, aren't they? Are the ones they that like, come in the little box? What's the, the uh, purple guy named Grimace or something yep. like that? Oh, yep. those. Yeah, yeah, Grimace, yeah. Those man. are good, too. Yeah, yeah the McDonald- oh, actual McDonald's kind. Yeah, McDonald's. The McDonald's graham crackers. Okay, I'm, sorry, I'm not thinking crackers. of a lion. I'm thinking of the hamburger then. Yeah, yeah there's they, a hamburger. Yeah, yeah now we're talking. So those were re- those were the the best. Those are the they don't best make those animal. anymore. I'm they don't. They don't no, put I doubt them with it. A, I'm sure you can go on eBay and buy like probably not because now you can get like fruit or something. Oh, and, and, hey, literally, literally fruit Jeez. and a milk and everything. Like yeah, come on. <laughs> Let's get serious. Here. Those we things are probably fake our way through. Sugar and I'm, salt. I'm at McDonald's. You know what I want. Let's go. Uh, but but anyway, so that's my story. You have a. Uh, but my point is, I came here instead. Like I feel yeah. like I've matured. Like yeah. I, I would have rolled in here at two fifty four, fifty five. I would have said, "Cool, played a few extra commercials." No, I don't get stressed about being late. Stressed. I'm, I'm, long stressed, past I'm stressed, stressed for both of us. For Brent. He's not yes, stressed. I'm long past stressed. <laughs> but uh, I would say, cool, throw a couple moments of commercials in there while I sure. set this up. But I didn't do it. So here well, I am. Well, and I could have got you something too, man, but you, you didn't want to. You could have. No, you so. offered. This is not your fault. I know. But then you come and tell me, you got like, what did you, you have, you smell like what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, so I smell like tea tree oil and oregano oil right now. <laughs> yeah. And, why? Because um, I don't want to get a staph infection. That's why. Because, you know, obviously when you're grappling with a bunch of grown, sweaty men or you're sparring with them, sometimes infections can come about. Sometimes, uh, you know, some bad things can come about. So I'm trying to take precautions and make sure that, especially before my fight coming up, that I don't get any kind of staph infection. So, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, the tea tree oil is fine. Dude. It's tea tree oil. It smells good. The oregano, though, like, this is an olive garden. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't smell that good. So. I can't smell it. I can't smell it. Uh, okay. Uh, You're just, like, Bachman, bathing in s- it, then? Yeah, we have the same problem, Bachman, when we share makeup yeah. brushes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get all kinds of bad problems with that. Because I'm not bathing in it, but I, I'm just hitting a couple problem areas that could turn into something okay. if it didn't hit them. This so. is yeah. quickly, quickly going into a place I don't want it to go. Yeah. Well, it's going to go into me selling essential oils for my wife and some kind of pyramid scheme. All right, we're getting a lot on the animal crackers. Elfie says the best animal crackers came in a circus box and had yes, ice. Yes, that's yes. not wrong. Those are the original animal He's crackers. He's not wrong. 
Yeah, that, that's that's and, true. I used to get those at Almax back home in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Nice. Almax, that is. Look it up. A L M A C S. Cut the check. Will also says frosted animal crackers. So oh, those okay. Are well, good too. Hey, by the way, I, I don't need to I'm cut down. the check because Almax is long out of business. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. But it, Wawa was started up uh, up in the Northeast, didn't it? Uh, Philly, I think it's Philly. Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's a good call on the animal crackers. By the way, my the animal crackers I have, it's just kind of a... Um, it's cardboard, man. It's a reserve fund. It's, it's cardboard, of, of I Well, I am... Yeah. They I are have a little a, cardboardy. I have a quick seat, because to me, Teddy Grahams are better than animal crackers. Oh, thank you, man. Honey Grahams? Oh, come on. Those yeah. are game good. over. Just give me the chocolate uh, Teddy Grahams or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I like the, the, cinnamon honey honey the, honey the cinnamon honey. The cinnamon ones are the best. Ooh, Anything with cinnamon. I, like I, was, I was more of a honey time. guy, I think, mm. but... Yeah. Anyway, respect. respect. Uh, hey, uh, why'd you come up so early today, Bachman? I was on a topic of, well, not just animal crackers, but also Mel Tucker. I, that's what I hear. I'm sorry that I came up early. I apologize. <laughs> would you like me to go back down and come back up again? I, I yeah, I would, that. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hustled to get up here because usually when I come at the time I come, I feel like you're rushing me out the door because you got five other people lined up that are way more that important. So John, it's a, it's it's a hot show, John. People I'm, want to get on. I, Listen, hear man, you. I am a terrible host. I blame it on people down the other end of this this uh, basketball court. They taught me nothing wow. in the past. Mm. Um, well, you know me. I'm bringing nothing to the table, so it's all you, Brent. <laughs> hey, Tiger Woods is 300 through six now. 300 through six. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Good update. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick. You're about to get into the... Um, well, potentially, right? Your, your daughter plays soccer. So I have three daughters, great. and two of the three play soccer, as a matter of okay. fact. Uh, but you could, let's just say, uh, fast forward three, four years, and you're getting into colleges. Mm. Scholarships. Scholarships. Let's hope. Coach goes from one school to the next school to mm. the next school, mm. and you're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. i got to sit out of here, mm. or i got to do this. or what? I mean, how how big of an issue is this? Right now, Mel Tucker, obviously, is who we're talking about, well, 18, 19, 20 different school, yet he's recruiting kids. He's promising kids. Drew Pearson, again, scathing tweet about, hey, you promised you were going to be there. I I think it was his uh, nephew Yeah, yeah. Um, he had said was going there. I mean, he threatened to ripped. fight him online, though. <laughs> he uh, well, you see how he yeah. he's like, I, I want to fight you. That dot 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 on Twitter or and something on Twitter, like that. Like, he wanted the hey, masses getting hey, after, uh, okay. yeah, getting after Mel Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, you got uh, Mel Tucker's a very nice man, and mm. this is a good opportunity. I mm-hmm. mean, Michigan State's a big job, uh, but Colorado's a pretty big job too. Yeah, I'm not it sure is. I'd rather go to Michigan State over Colorado, to be honest. I mean, I know why he did it. Obviously, it's Big Ten, and it's uh, you know, but man, that's a tough spot to be after. Aside from all the stuff they've got going on, you got to recruit against Michigan. Ohio State, I mean, oh, painful. Well, let's be honest, though. You know, I mean, Mel Tucker got his start at Michigan State with Nick Saban, all right? Yeah. And Mel Tucker has experience from Wisconsin and Ohio State. So he's always been a Big Ten guy. So to me, this is almost like a dream job for him compared to Colorado. Nothing against sure. Boulder, man, in Colorado. Sure. I mean, but let's be honest. The Big Ten versus the Pac-12, it's it's not even in close in comparison. So I, I think agree. the fact that there's that, and then obviously, too, the fact that I think he got double his salary to go to Michigan State, I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. If you have a chance to double your salary, no brainer. Ninety nine percent of people are going to take that. Now, the only issue, obviously, from from where I stand, is like a few days before he was on Twitter saying, "I'm flattered to be considered for the Michigan uh, State head coaching job, but I'm committed to Colorado and the Buffs football program to build this yeah. with, with great athletes and coaches and supporters." I, never and, say that. Never I say that, Rick Pitino. 
I don't know. I, I listen. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I can understand why. If you had a kid who was recruited by him, and now your kid is left left there without the same coach that recruited him, I totally get all of those feelings. I do, but uh, but if you're looking at it from I guess a higher level as far as not as emotionally attached to it I mean you just laid out good reasons why he would do that and uh, you know if you're in the midst of a, a lot of people who are looking for other jobs uh, say all the right things to the employers that they're currently with and then the next day accept the job that they were looking for that's but true. didn't know they had until they had it so that's true. I mean that's, that's not true. unheard of for anybody it's just these guys are obviously operating out in the well, public eye and it's a more difficult situation to be in and then the last thing I was going to say is you know most people of course uh, are not talking about division 1 big time college football and having a coach come into their homes and sit down and with their parents on the couch and go through that whole process so that makes this a little different but I think you know as far as you asking me personally you know, when my kids are going to be looking at colleges, we're going to be looking at colleges that suit them for professional life, not for um, playing soccer or basketball or whatever the sport may be, just because um, I recognize that my kids probably are going to be professionals, not going to be professional athletes. So, well, and that's a gr- that's a great way to look at it, John, too. And also keep in mind, I mean, with the transfer for portal for, for 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 student athletes and everything like that. Well, one can argue that when yeah, a student athlete right. signs that the, the national letter of intent, you're essentially signing a contract saying you're going to go to school for four or five years yeah. and be part of that program. Correct. And, and, and then students enter the portal all At the time. 16, and 17 and years old, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Yes. And listen, I'm I'm not opposed to the you know the, the student athletes entering the portal at all. You know, I'm all for it. Um, do what you want to do. But I'm just saying, you've essentially signed a contract that you're going to be committed to that university for four or five years. So why can't a coach essentially do the same thing and be like, you know what, I, there's a better opportunity. For for me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, Simple most of that. them are transferring to get a better opportunity for them. So that's it's no different, really. Yeah, yeah I, I think it feels dirty because it's already dirty. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, again, listen, I can tell you, man, Mel Tucker, you played, you get, you, you'd you say to everybody, it's like a really oh, good one of, man. one of the best dudes you're right? going to meet. He's not trying to do anybody dirty on this. He's trying He's to not. do what's best for his family. And, and, and there's some, I mean, how can you argue that? Mm-hmm. But in a... In a in an NCAA and in college football, especially in college basketball, I think I always use those two sports. But it's not alone. I mean, listen, Florida baseball team offers like 50 guys and has like 18 scholarships. So it's it, it happens there too. I just feel like we we put so much pressure on the student athlete at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old to make these decisions that are supposed to last several years, and a lot of that buy-in is with a coach, Mm -hmm. and then it's just okay for the coach just to get up and go because it's better for him or her. And uh, there is something not right about it. I just uh, tweeted, I said, "Is is it a necessary evil of college athletics? Well, it could be, but the fix is... Provide as much power to the student athlete as much as you can. Mm-hmm. The transfer portal is a part of that. Uh, whatever else might be a part of that, the stu- I always I've done this for years. I say whatever power you want to give to the student athlete, I am usually for it because there is too much commitment on their part, too much sold to them and not delivered to them to hold them to the fire to a four-year thing or whatever else. I think it's unfair. I, don't, I know there then creates other problems with people jumping all over the place, and that's kind of what we have now. And I'm sorry for your football program or your fastball program <laughs> if guys are jumping all over the place. But don't blame the kids. 
blame the coaches and blame the NCAA for a system they set up that has now almost encouraged kids to look after themselves. Very well put, Brent. And also keep in mind, John, you can attest to this too. You're a Big Ten guy yourself. I mean, Michigan State, they've always had the identity of playing that great defense with kind of that attitude, and Mel Tucker's going to bring that defensive mindset and his great recruiting capabilities to Michigan State. So from Michigan State's perspective, I think it's a great signing for them. Well, they have to because they're they're the little brother in the state, right? I mean, they're they up against Michigan, and so they're and Ohio State, obviously, just down the road. So you're talking about two massive programs with a lot of star power that get the recruits they want and you kind of get their their crumbs afterwards and so he's going to have to um, adapt to a style that doesn't often get the big the big playmakers keep in mind too one other thing and i understand why he's he's going there um and mark d'antonio uh quickly just kind of abruptly said hey for my family reasons i'm getting out uh i also found this interesting you see one of the Scouts or somebody, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. He said, well, good. Finally, for the first time in a decade, scouts will be able to go to practice and watch players. I guess D'Antonio didn't open it up for scouts, not fans. Scouts to wow. watch. That was interesting. That doesn't yeah. seem like a good way not to good. recruit players to say, not hey, your confusing. scouts will it never really get doesn't. to see you. I'm, I'm hoping I read that right, but I think I did. Go look at Jim Nagy on uh, social media on Twitter. Uh, and the one other thing, Michigan State has been just like... A disaster of an athletic program here over the last few years with all the different controversy they've had. So it is an interesting situation Mel Tucker does walk into. All right, Bachman, what do you got coming up tonight? Well, I brought up a story that I think will be of particular interest to our uh, JAG fans. Have you guys heard anything about this? Um, we have. This what is the hacker? Deal? I saw this. Uh, we, we're, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, this, th- this could be a movie, I think. Um, this guy was, um, let's see, working in the 2018-2019 season, so that would have been not last, no, it would have been last season, yes? Two seasons ago. Two seasons. Two seasons ago. Not this past season, but the season before. And uh, they were noticing glitches on the scoreboards. Apparently, this guy had set up a rogue server in the uh, in the system and was able to have access to that server from off-site and was hacking in. I don't know exactly what purpose that served for that person, but um, it happened. And now um, that that investigation led them to find out that this guy is already a um, registered sex offender and was uh, traveling abroad, and they waited for him in California. He was from the Philippines, I guess, and they deported him back to California, and now they're working on getting him back here. But this guy lived in St. John's County at one time. Um, he's a convicted felon from 1998 for, uh, what's he, um, child sex crime in Mobile, Alabama. So a lot of questions, obviously, about, number one, how does a convicted felon from 1998 get a job with the Jags 10 years later? That's my um, big one. <laughs> and then what was he doing to hack the – why was he hacking the scoreboard? Um, what what purpose did that serve? Was that just sort of a sick game? I mean, like I, he, I don't think he was putting anything nefarious necessarily on the scoreboard. Yeah, it wasn't anything um, derogatory no, that showed up no, right? that, that we know of. that we know of. But but what, so what was he doing? I don't know. If, uh, apparently, it cost the Jags money somehow. So I don't know if he was changing the ads or I don't know what he was doing. Um, 
anyway, so yeah, just a crazy story. So uh, Lorena Inclan's on this story for us today. She's digging into more of those details, the things that I don't have the answers to at the moment. Um, but it's crazy story. I saw her tweet that story, and I could not believe that. What's um, the bigger part of this story, mm-hmm. uh, in your opinion, uh, or maybe in authorities' opinions, that uh, uh, the, the sex offender well, board, uh, that got hired, or the actual no, hands down, it's, I think it's of, of hacking into the no, I th- neither board. one. I think that the, they're looking at he had. I mean, they, he's accused of having. Um, child porn on his phone. There's a bunch of oh, stuff okay. here. So, so he's so accused more of much more of serious crimes okay. than just hacking into the JAG scoreboard. I think it's just an odd piece to the story. In fact, it's really the reason they found this guy because um, the JAG started looking into these glitches, it sounds like. Well, somebody did. And, and that's how this all kind of launched the investigation. What so, will be interesting there, too, John, is to see if there's... I don't know what this would be called, but almost a self-audit on the Jags uh, well, to see if they, they, he hacked into anything else. Yes, I'm sure that's what they're doing. I'm sure, they, you know, I'm sure. I think the Jags did issue a statement on on their part. They said uh, they are aware of the charges involving a former contractor, and that's another thing: a contract, not employee, not an actual full-time employee of the Jags. That's got to be cleared. And then, um, but they say that they've cooperated with the investigation as requested. They can't comment more because it's a legal matter. So I'm sure they are uh, doing all of the things you just mentioned, checking internally what all he had access to, what he may or may not have been, um, you know, doing, really. And then, of course, whatever the feds are looking at. Yeah, so there's a lot of thing, a lot of prongs to this story. Um, And I know we're digging on it for Action News Jacks, but be interesting to see if background checks are different for contracted employees. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, and I, I we I don't have any more information on that. I'm just sitting here looking at that. Going, yeah, I, know I wonder you don't. why. I'm just saying that's no, a that's right. To follow I, I, up on it. Obvious, I, one would suspect that that's going to be a question um, somebody needs to be asking because that that what is the threshold for full time employees contract? Maybe the, maybe whoever they contracted with was supposed to do the background check and. And either it didn't show up or, or didn't, or for some reason it was too far back. And I mean, who knows? I don't I don't have the answer, but yeah, that's um, what that definitely is a red flag for me. But um, yeah, big story. Anyway, guys following tonight. Action absolutely. Yep. Tonight. Yep. Coming up at five o'clock. And then uh, the other thing, of course, is we're keeping an eye on some weather that's coming through. Uh, I'm going to be in our viewing area in the early shows, but probably not in the main part of our viewing area. Meaning the northwest and northwest parts of our viewing area will have it early evening and then the rest of us will get it as it moves through um in the you know evening hours all right cool things so, off for tomorrow and yeah um, lots of cool warm enough to play golf in the morning hopefully uh are you playing tomorrow I, my plan is to play in the morning we'll see if that goes according all, to plan all right well hey just so you know brett you got to make sure you get at least one round a month in because research shows that um that's that's just healthier for you I just said I just I just did that story yesterday. Last night, I know. Yep. How do they say it's healthier for me to play one round a month? And, and am I extremely healthy if I play two or three? I Show me the car facts I, here, John. Listen, I need to see some you know, research. You know what? I live by the motto that if one round is healthy, fifteen is healthier. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. That's what I keep telling my wife. Uh, that's a very good call. Uh, so. I'm going to tell my wife that, too, for the next five months. <laughs> Let me know how that works out, because it doesn't work well for me, but I thought I'd try. All right, don't All forget right. to buy your wife something for Valentine's Day. Yes, I've done that already. In fact, I also had to go get something for my three daughters, too. See, that's, you know... Oh, yeah, you have to get the kids involved. There, there are a lot of ways that kids are... Uh, Friends, 
they Prince did. rolling his eyes about getting the kids involved. I can't wait till we talk about Valentine's Day tomorrow. That'll be <laughs> oh, buddy. They, it's just a, it's amazing how 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 much money you can spend on kids. That's all I'm gonna say. Here's yeah. the question though: Are you supposed or to? Or you don't have to. Too. You know, I don't. I probably. I mean, I've never. I mean, I'll call them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll call. You'll them. call your parents on Valentine's I'll Day. I'll call my mom tomorrow. Yeah, I used to send her flowers, but I think I'm going to stop doing that now. I think that's well, a good nice. idea. That's, yeah, that's nice to announce. Nice, though. Yeah, that's on nice. the radio. Yeah, breaking yeah. news: Who's is going to cut off all flowers to his mom? <laughs> Fantastic. ESPN six ninety breaking no, story. Awesome. That's, that's how good. I read, it. I read it. Hey, he sent his mom flowers. That's nice. I used nice. to send her flowers, but I feel like at this point I've gotten too old for that. She doesn't need them anymore. She doesn't need them. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. appreciate them. Yeah. You have to cut her off sometimes. I actually, <laughs> wow. Do what you got to do, man. That's tough. That's, I, 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 I'm giving Justin props for doing it. Now you're bringing him down because he's stopping. Well, uh, listen, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I had a special place in my heart for Valentine's Day because my mom always made sure I had a Valentine regardless of if I had a girl or not. So right. like, she always made sure like it was a special day for me, man. So, so there you go. So you're saying so you're, send, so you're sending your mom the flowers then. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a phone call or maybe oh. text message. That's about it. Oh, 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 <laughs> this, oh, this isn't about me, John. Oh. All right? This isn't about me and my family. I see how, how this works. I see yes. how this works, Austin. Your name's on the marquee, so you got the you can you can make fun of Justin. Yes, sir. I'm not even bringing my <laughs> Valentine's relationships up until tomorrow. I can't wait to hear these, man. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, All right guys. Rockman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Borish, and Action Sports Shacks from Daytona to here in Jacksonville to River City Rumble, by the way, tonight. 5 p.m. until 7 p.m. CBS 47, Fox 30, 10 p.m. and 11.30 to 11.30. Are you picking uh, a team on that, by the way? You picking a winner? Tonight? Yeah. He's calling the game. Can't do that. I'm can calling you? the game. I'm oh, like, you can't. Uh, this you can't. is my. You're like I'm Kirk like Kirk Hurts. You're switching. Right exactly. Yeah, you're switching. I cannot right. make the pick. And and, no. and I'm the Corso. Go ahead and give me the Ospreys, baby. Thing. <laughs> hey, you're swimming, actually, you're actually, you know what? Closer than the experts think. Closer than the experts okay, think. Let's go. Get okay. Head. I know, right? Where's the mascot Later at, man? Later in the show, we need the Ospreys. Let's get Os- it. The Osprey head. Let's get it. All right, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Dolphin could be a good one too. I think we that'll be a good game. Remember, oh, uh, I can we make had, Dolphin the sound super heavy. Yeah. They both were there a day after the River City Rumble the last yeah. time, and yeah. they didn't like talking to each other. No, like that's true. You're they right. Like yeah. around each other. Yep. They did not like each other. I, I, I was worried I was going to get ugly. Oh, I know. It could have been. I actually would have been right. that. That would have been kind of cool, actually. All right, Bach. All right, guys. Go back downstairs. I'm leaving. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me. You got it. We'll see you tonight on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30. All right, I think we have Saqib on the line. Let's talk Jags. I don't understand why he doesn't want to talk animal crackers, mascots, and other things like <laughs> Valentine's that. Valentine's Day. Valentine's <laughs> Day. Uh, maybe he'll talk a little sports. Saqib, what's happening, man? I'm single, so I don't have to. I don't have to deal with all that stuff that y'all have to deal with. I'm kind of. Well, you know, I'm gonna probably us. buy my daughter. I'm gonna probably buy my daughter something for tomorrow. But let me ask you guys this: If you guys, if 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 your knee gets traded. Let's say in a couple of weeks or whatever, whenever the league starts on, on the 18th, could the should the Jaguars ask for the two first round picks because they're going to tag them? Obviously, I'm thinking they're going to tag them. Should the Jaguars ask for two first round picks? Do you see any or do you see any teams giving up two first round picks for Unique? Because he's that no. good. I want him to stay here. But what would you if you're a general manager, Austin Lane? What do you want for him right now? Because you're in that position before. That was your one of your positions. What would you Absolutely. ask for him right now? 
It's a good call. Thanks, Saki. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, think about it. we got to okay. take a break. Oh, uh, when we come back, we'll like answer that. the question. Thanks uh, for teeing us up with a little tease, Saki. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. we got balling and falling. we got stay in your lane. We're going to get to it. We really will. I want to answer the question, too. What was bigger in baseball? The controversy of the sign stealing. Was that more advantageous than even the steroid era for the Houston Astros? What do you think about that? Plus, we take three players from free agency that will help the Jags immediately in 2020. We're doing your work, Mr. Caldwell. Oh, yeah. We're trying. Cut the check for us. But first, you have to answer the any question when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from UNF Arena, River City Rumble, Part 2 tonight, 7 p.m. Tip-off. Come on up. Should be a fantastic atmosphere. Hopefully a good game as well. We'll be back right after this. I think I'm playing in the game, so I know, actually, I know I ain't playing on Sunday, so. I mean, obviously, that's, you know, something that you look forward to, those uh, festivities and having fun, but uh, my health is first, and I'll still be there and uh, be a part of it, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to play, so um, hopefully somebody who should have been there, that uh, hopefully, you know, Devin Booker or somebody like that will get the spot. Well, it was Devin Booker. Yes, that right there is Lillard. Uh, Portland, he's been unbelievable, too. But he's yeah. not playing uh, in the All-Star Weekend festivities. And Devin Booker is playing. You know the significance of that? Hey, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, if you think the Jags have been bad, and especially picking in the top ten, the Phoenix Suns haven't had an All-Star since, I think, the 2011-2012 season. And they've been picking pretty high for a long time, right, Sure. Yeah, they, uh, I saw a thing, actually, Austin, with uh, John Morant, I believe, going into the All-Star game. Him and Devin Booker have the same amount of games played where their team is above 500. All right. Uh, interesting nugget there. But Booker has to get in oh, as a sorry. replacement just to get a <laughs> said John Morant blacked out into the All-Star game. Yeah, sure. It's been a decade almost. It's crazy, man. It's crazy, but they've come a long way since the days of Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire, haven't they? Wow, I mean, but again, I mean, they've been picking, they've been awful, so they've had a lot of high picks. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, the Jags have had pro bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they really have. So, speaking of, we're going to, uh, let's get into that Yannick question. Saqib had asked. Sure. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is a pro bowler, mm-hmm. and he's second all-time in, franchise, in, in the franchise history in sacks. He's been a playmaker who's just 25 years old. He should command a lot of money. They can't come to an agreement with him. Should they trade him? Could they trade him? Would they trade him? All those questions potentially on the table. Everybody's assumption is it's going to be a franchise tag for Yannick Ngakwe. Saqib's question is, we talked a little earlier about the trade possibilities of Yannick. Saqib's question is, what would they get in return? Mm-hmm. I think that's a tough thing to, to, to get us kind of a handle on. Especially a guy in need of a new contract. He's in a need of a big contract. You know, you brought up Jadavian Clowney in the uh, commercial break. Mm-hmm. Seattle stole him, essentially, for Correct. a third-round pick. They also traded some players away as they well. They traded a couple of players, but one they were going to cut, I think, uh, the linebacker they were going to cut. Martin? Uh, no, Martin was the other player they got. That Houston, oh, okay. They say he's a, decent, he's a rotational player. Okay. Uh, I don't know how he did in Houston, but he's a rotational guy. But whoever... The other one, oh, Mingo. Oh, yeah, Bacurious Mingo? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. $4 million, they were going to cut him anyway. Okay. But now now what with Clowney, right? He hasn't signed True. Uh, with Seattle, so it could be a one-year rental. But even at a third-round pick, it was probably worth it to Seattle. I don't know if that 
lowers the bar. I think that was a different circumstance well, with Clowney. Yeah, and if you want to look at what Cleo Mack got, I mean, you know, that was essentially two first-round picks and a third-round pick um, that the Bears gave up to get Cleo Mack, right? So, but he wasn't in a contract like he well, wasn't. No, his yeah, but that's not but see, No, exactly. So this is just kind of where I'm coming from of trying to set the table a little bit because you know you haven't really seen a lot of it. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, you could easily say a first-round pick um, for Yannick Ngakwe because essentially, you know, you got him in the third round, so you you get value on that. But if it was me, if I was the GM to answer Saqib's question, I would be asking for a first-round pick and a second-round pick as well, uh, and I'd probably buffer down to a third-round pick if it came to it. So a first-round pick and a third-round pick. For Yannick. For Yannick Ngakwe. And then once again, depending on where that first round pick's going to be. Yeah, I think uh, obviously depending on the, tre- the the team that I trade with. Well, here's the deal. Here's where we're coming from, and Saqib, this is why this is different, difficult to answer. We don't know what the organization would have in play for him. This is a hot market right now for defensive ends. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys out there this year. So does that lower Yannick Ngakwe's value to a degree? Because other teams can go get these other guys and sign and not have to give up draft picks. Also, do the Jags have they have less value to gain because people are aware of this situation around the league that they're button heads and they're not anywhere close to a contract. So all the Jags are trying to do is get something in return. So there's a bunch of little things going on behind the scenes, and you'd have to see how many folks are interested. And again, say you're Indianapolis which is always questionable if you're going to trade within a division. Yeah. But say you're in Indianapolis, you got $90 million in, in cap space. Well, you could trade for Yannick Ngakwe or anybody for that matter and say, hey, yeah, we're going to sign you for a big deal. Mm-hmm. But not all teams have that kind of cap availability. And Ngakwe is going to command, well, he wants more than $100 million. Correct. So that narrows who you, you can't trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. They don't have that kind of money. Yep. You know? You can't trade with probably the Seattle Seahawks. They might not have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. So you eliminate teams to begin with. The pool shrinks. And on top of that, there's a decent amount of pass rushers with pretty good resumes already out there here in free agency in 2020. I think the trade is very unlikely is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think if I were the Jags using, I guess, the Clowney and even the Tunsil and even the Ramsey deals – as kind of barometers, if you mix all that together under different circumstances, well, then I'd be asking for a lot, too, knowing that I can franchise tag this guy, let this play out for another year, and maybe we come to terms, because I want to keep the guy anyway. I'd love to be able to keep the guy uh, if I can. Especially from the GM's perspective, too, where if you were to trade him away you know, for a draft pick, one would assume that draft pick comes next year then, and let's be honest, you're you're playing to win right now, right? Look at the, the the name of the game right now for the Jaguars brass, whether you like it or not, if you're a GM or even a head coach, is you don't want to stock up picks for the future because you have to win right now to try to maintain your job. So once again, if, if I'm in Dave Caldwell's shoes, Obviously, if it's an offer I can't refuse, I make that trade. But like, kind of what you're getting at, Brent, I, I just I can't foresee it happening where the pot is so sweet that you can't turn it down. I, I listen. I'll, I'll be honest. I I guess we're talking around Saqib's question about what could you get for him. Well, so I, I said first and a third. Yeah, you I, said yeah. it. I, I'm talking around it. I I don't think it's that much. I think with what I just presented to you, knowing that. The Jags are at odds with them, mm-hmm. knowing that there's it's a decent free agency class, a really pretty good free agency class in pass rushers. 
and knowing the limited amount of teams that are going to just turn around and give a $100 million contract once they trade for him, not that they have to, but they probably will, and, well, they kind of do have to because he's a free agent. So, (laughs) you know, he's essentially a free agent. So, like, if you could just trade straight up without all these tag things, which which includes a lot more, um, I don't know if they'd even get a second round. Like, I mean, I think they'd get, like, a second round pick for him. I I don't know if they would even dip into the first round given all those. Like, if they had tried to trade him in November or December, given all these facts... I it's got nothing to do with the value of Yannick necessarily. It's more to do with the market than it does to do with him. And and if that's the case, and you know there is not a lot of demand, obviously, and maybe a, a first round pick offer is just completely out of this world, which it very well could be. Well, then I have to ask for at least a second. You know, like say he's he's given the vibes that he doesn't want to play in Jacksonville. You franchise take him. He offers not to play. Then yeah, if you want to get rid of him, then it has to be at least a second rounder because the biggest thing for me as a GM is I want to get value, right? Like I got him in the third round. If I was to trade him for a second round, well, that's value right there. I couldn't, you know, coincide with co-signing on. Listen, let's trade him for a third round pick because essentially that's just that's a fair trade-off, and that's not what I want to do. I want to get value back. I want to get a positive amount of return. So, yeah, I mean, if it came down to it, Brent, and you're really that desperate, possibly a second-round pick. But once again, I said uh, I'm going first-round pick all day. James is on the line right now. Let's uh, get James in here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. You know, uh, Austin, I, when you were laying out what you would ask for, bring Gakway, you know, I, I'm like, okay, Austin, I, I know you're you're standing up for your guy, fellow defensive end and all. But looking at what's available on the market now, and then you compare Ngakwe to the guys that are available now, he is down that list. He's, he's not better than Jadeveon Clowney. He's not better. He's probably fourth or fifth on the defensive end list. And I only say that because his one Achilles heel, sort of, is his ability to play the run. And that's not because he can't. I just think that he gets in situations where he's just getting – out big guys, you know, where some of these other guys are like you, Austin. They got a little meat on the bones, and they're a little longer, a little bigger, and 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 can handle it a little more. I wouldn't trade in Gakway for anything, personally. Uh, I'd make him have to walk away. You know, I'd franchise tag him, and then it's on him to turn the money down. And then it flips it, Brent, to one: Do you want to play here, or is it all about the money? Well, I want him to play here and. Uh, get a fair deal, but at some point, uh, this team has mismanaged their cap and made some disastrous decisions to where now they're in a position where he has them, and what they have is probably not something that he wants to do. And second, they got a lot of holes on this team they need to fill. If they want to even attempt to sign a free agent, which I'm not sure very many is going to want to come here, they're going to have to cut and cut deep and then we're back to trusting them with, what, the ninth and the 20th pick and then the first one in the second round, which I'm not sure that they're going to, you know, if they go 33% on it, that will be good. James, appreciate checking in, man. Thanks uh, for the comments. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, You can always jump in on the conversation, 904-362-9901. Here's uh, a, just to give you a little bit more, tag and trade, Clowney, Ford, and, and Clark all did that, right? What's that? Oh, uh, yeah, I got you. Sure. So, Clowney, the Texans got Jacob Martin, Mingo, and a 2023 round pick, which we said. Uh, they got a steal. 
D. Ford, the Chiefs got a 2020 second-round pick. And Frank Clark, Seahawks, received a first-round pick for 2019, a 2020 second-round pick, 2019 third-round pick. Basically, the Chiefs and Seahawks swapped third-round picks. But he got a first-round pick and a 2020 second-round pick mm-hmm. um, with a tag-and-trade. Yeah. So, and, and, once and by again, the way, he go compares himself stat-wise and everything to that, which his numbers add up yeah, to that. Yeah, exactly. And, and go ahead and tell me it's going to be a stacked free agent class of defensive ends. Well, let's go and look at them real quick. Uh, Clowney, obviously, is probably at the top of the list, but keep in mind, guy only had three sacks last year. I mean, are, are, are we going to put sacks as one of the top stats? Because... Let's be honest, Ngakwe had, what, eight last year? So that's a little better. Everson Griffin, you know, he's a free agent. He had eight sacks last year. Guess what? He's 32 years old. And Dominican Sue, 33 years old, plus he's a defensive tackle. Um, Ziggy Ansa, 31 years old, had three sacks last year. Michael Bennett, 34 years old, had seven sacks last year. Uh, Robert Quinn um, had 12 sacks last year, but he's also 30 He's thirty years old. I mean, if you want to compare, and I think the big one would be like Vivek Beasley, right? Vivek Beasley, the Falcons said they don't want to bring him back. He had eight sacks last year. He's 28 years old. That one's pretty comparable, right? But at yeah, the same time... Beasley's t- played an extra year, but has the same amount of sacks as Ngakwe, so Ngakwe's actually outperformed him. Yeah. Didn't have the monster year Beasley had, I think, in year number two. Yeah. But he has outperformed his total resume. And listen, I can't drive this point home clear enough. Yannick Ngakwe right now is 25 years old. And in the first, you know, his first couple seasons here in Jacksonville, he's been pretty consistent. Now you can go in and tell me that he had an off year this year, the the numbers have gone down a little bit, and I'm going to come back and say, well, maybe he had a hamstring injury. It is what it is. But I think in terms of consistency, in terms of how old he is, this guy is 25 years old, man. All right? He's young right now. And if you want to compare him to some of the other pass rushers right now that are going to be on the, on the free agent block next year, I mean, to me, he's one of the top two or three guys just because of the age, the the production, and the fact that he's been consistent for all his time in Jacksonville. Yeah, and, and I, you're not wrong on a lot of those levels. I, I think, um, you know, I said a second because of everything else out there, and I'm not sure I'm wrong, although it seems drastic now that I compare him to other guys like Clark and – and I mean, forward. I mean, but yeah. but it's, each situation is unique, you know. And uh, I just think I do think the market plays a bigger role almost than the performer in this situation than the we, talent in this situation, this current year, this landscape. And the landscape of when you come out is very important, or when you're available, or when these deals get done. I mean, it's no different than buying a house. So I I think that hurts the Jags in getting more value right now for Yannick Ngakwe. And listen. I'm a big fan of keeping Yannick Ngakwe. I think you have to do everything you can. I was a big fan of doing everything you can to keep Ramsey, too, and that didn't work out. But they got a ton in return for Ramsey, at least. My thought on this, and I'll just reiterate what I've said a long time. The Jaguars, at least in 2020, if they tag him, and even better if they can come to an agreement with him on a long-term deal, they will now have something in the NFL that no other team in the NFL has, and that is two pass rushers, bona fide pass rushers, at the age of 25 or younger on their roster. Nobody else in the NFL has that, and it is a premium position. Don't sleep on that. You're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. When have you said something that the Jaguars have in a positive way that nobody else in the NFL has? Mm -hmm. And they have an opportunity with Allen and Ngakwe to do that. Don't screw it up. Try to keep them. 
Yeah. Keep him here for a long time, but especially keep him in 2020. I'd be saying that if I was Doug Marone. And listen, you got guys like Eric Armstead that'll be a free agent. You know, I mean, he had a very successful season last year in San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I can see him being on the top. Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, 31 years old. How many more years does he have left? How many? How much more treads on those tires? I mean, I get it. It could be a deep pass rushing draft, you know, like a free agent class. But you got to ask yourself, you have to go with age number one, and you have to go with, you know, the the optimism of how they're going to be going forward. And obviously Chris Jones is up there, too, from the Kansas City Chiefs. But once again, Chris Jones, more of that three technique yeah. and a three, four defense. And he wants to stay in Kansas City. Yeah. We'll see if they can get that worked out. But keep in mind, the landscape is changing in terms of this. You used to say, hey, give me a first-round pick, and I want to keep him for eight to ten years. Give me a – or any pick, really. But mm-hmm. you used to say, hey, I'll go sign a guy for $100 million, and I'm going to keep him for – especially a 24-, 25-year-old guy – and you keep them for four years and then maybe even re-sign them again, especially at this position. People don't care about that as much anymore. Because, one, they don't know how healthy guys are staying. Two, they don't know if those guys are even going to want to play deep, deep into their career. Careers are being cut off shorter and shorter, it seems like, by the player. Anyway, that's happened enough times, I think, to scare organizations. And really the most important one, People need to win now. They need to win now to save their jobs. And if it's a two-year thing, then that's all they care about. They're not looking at six years anymore, five years, even four years. They're looking at two years. And while you want to be able to win for two, three, four, five years, keeping a nucleus together, they're not blind to it. But it's not the number one factor anymore uh, in a lot of these guys. And therefore, even those older players still carry a lot of weight and value. Because if you can go get one of those older guys, 29, 30 years old, yeah, you might not worry about four years down the road. I care about 2020 and maybe 2021, and that's it well, if that, I'm a GM. And that's essentially how the free agency works, right? You bring in a guy that can contribute right away and kind of be that extra little push to get your team in the playoffs and hopefully win a Super Bowl. All right, uh, we're not done with the Jags. This kind of leads right into where we want to go. How do we fix the Jags with three free agent signings? Can we do it? I don't know if it's a complete fix, but we'll fill some holes. We try to. It's next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Fixing the Jacks 2020. We've been here before. (laughs) Hey, welcome back, everybody. UNF Arena, River City Rumble Part 2 here tonight in Jacksonville. Good basketball game. JU Dolphins against the UNF Ospreys. Big one in the A-Sun for both teams. Positioning is important. When it comes to March in the A-Sun Conference Tournament, which is the first week of March right now, the Ospreys sitting pretty tied atop the lead in the A-Sun. But that number one seed is really important because if you can get through that tournament and play that championship game here, oh, what a big difference that would make for the Ospreys. They'll go to Liberty next week. That will be a huge game. But in the meantime, you have to hold serve. So it's a big game tonight, big game Saturday against North Alabama. JU, meanwhile, they want at least one home game at Swisher Gymnasium. And to do that, you have to be in the top four. Right now, they're tied for fourth, and they are tied with two other teams. So they need to win games. They're five and six in the conference, and they need to take care of business down the stretch here the next couple of weeks, and always would be a big win over your crosstown rival. Believe it or not, four out of the last five meetings have won by the ro- been won by the road team in this series, which is interesting because I feel like both home teams have a distinct home court advantage. Swisher Gymnasium is so small, yeah. and it's, it's it's a tough place to play as a visitor, I think, because of the just the dynamics of almost uh, has that high school gym kind of feel, uh, and it, it can get fun in there, too. Uh, it's only seats less than, I think, 2,000 it is. And 
the Ospreys have built one of the best home court advantages in the league. They're nine and one at home this year, and uh, the students do a great job. Matthew Driscoll is, uh, makes the, the parades around campus and, and gets them out here, and so I think we'll have a nice crowd here tonight, both because uh, JU fans and UNF fans. But uh, a little surprising that the road team has had this much success in this series as of late. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here. Coos back in the studios. Coos, let's play that happy hour horn here on a Thursday. Grab a drink. Get a shot. Chip, your start's on yours. I really like this new red Yeah. It's really good. And I finally didn't mess it up, so that was good, too. Yeah. Uh, you did a fantastic job. Thank you, man. Coos. It felt great. All right, we're going to stay football here. Yes, Talk do it. the Jags. How can you fix the Jacksonville Jaguars in three moves in free agency? Again, that's not going to fix everything. But can you fill some holes... And what I always say, and this is very important, what you do in free agency sets you up to not be, what's the word I'm looking? So telegraphed in the draft. Correct. So you don't want to telegraph your pass in the NFL or in basketball, right? Well, you don't want to telegraph what you're going to do in the draft. You want some suspicion to it, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in the nine hole, because that could create trades and other things when other teams are... Well, I'm not sure what they're going to do. The Jags will have various amount of options picking number 9 and number 20. Yeah. But they also don't want to position themselves where they say they have to take a defensive lineman or have to take a corner because they've got to fill a gaping hole. I like it. So what do you think? Go first. Let me ask you this question. Does the salary cap exist? Well. It does, but I mean, it does, there's ways, right? It doesn't right? really have to. Okay. It doesn't really have to. So with my first pick as a GM, the free agent that I'm going to target the most. Obviously, look at the Jaguars roster right now. Brent tight end is a huge position. I think the the basic call would be to go with Austin Hooper. I'm going Hunter Henry, though. I think Hunter Henry, um, when he's healthy, is better than Austin Hooper in the receiving game. I think you can split him uh, I think you can split Hunter Henry out a little bit I think you can put him in motion I think he's a great run blocker I think he can do it all it's just the this, this standpoint of staying healthy on the other side Austin Hooper you know he's kind of had an up and down career I think last year was his, really his time to shine um, as a tight end he had a couple good games but I think he's more of a product of playing in a very fantastic system in, in, in Atlanta so I'm taking Hunter, Hunter Henry as my, my, my first pick keep going okay uh, well, then assuming that A.J. Boye is gone, then I'm going number two, Byron Jones out of Dallas. Uh, number one, just because the guy jumped a 10, uh, I'm sorry, a 12-3 at the combine in the broad jump, so I want to ask him about that. So this is more of me just being selfish than it is actually being a GM. But but I think him being, obviously, you, get, you come from Dallas where Dallas can't afford to keep Dak, they can't afford to keep Amari Cooper and Byron Jones. Someone's got to go. I think it's going to be Byron Jones. I think he's a pretty legit corner. Um, he's really exceeded expectations while his time in Dallas. So they just can't afford him, and I'd want to see him in Jacksonville because, once again, he is that guy that you can put on the one receiver and not really have to worry about him too much. All right. That's number two. No, no, number three is kind of the wild card, and, and this is even more than a risk to, of the, than Hunter Henry is. But number three, I'm going with a one receiver, man, and I'm going with A.J. Green. Um, 
this is the ultimate boomer bust type of pick, I feel like. But I think A.J. Green can come at a discount. Um, he obviously is getting up there in age. He is coming off an injury, you know, plague season last year. didn't play in a game. But I think the guy's still got a lot to prove. I still think he's hungry. Obviously a great leader to some of the younger receivers in the room. So I'm going A.J. Green. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and that is a risky one, but that would it be is. a fun one, wouldn't it? Yep. Uh, all right. You tell me if I can do this. Okay. Because I'm going with tight end, too, by the way. Okay. But I don't think I'll be able to break the bank for the Henrys and Hoopers of the world. Okay. And I'm concerned, really, with Henry's injury. Sure. History. Yeah. First of all, he's going to cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he's injured on top of that. That's a tough buy. And I don't think, listen, when you buy in free agency, you want to check boxes. Correct. And I think health is going to be a big box to check. And so I love the idea of it. Listen, I'd be all about it if he came here. Austin Hooper as well. I just think those salaries are going to be really high. So, And by the way, I don't even mind two tight ends in free agency. Remember, anybody that can walk and play tight end, I'm all for getting to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's 50 of them. Yep. But I'm going to go with Eric Ebron here. Oh, nice. And I just feel like there's still upside there. There's upside potential, and it won't break the bank, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Now, he'll probably still get more than he, he deserves because of the market but uh, or has earned. Um, but I think there's something in Ebron. I'm not I mad think, at that. Uh, I, two years ago was his better year. Obviously, yeah. last year it dipped back down. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go tight end. I think everybody would pick a tight end on this. I'm hopeful at least. Tell me if I'm crazy. If the Jags could pick up Derek Wolf. Three four defensive end. And he likes put three, him four. at but put him at a defensive tackle is I think he what you're getting play at, three right? And five technique. I Correct. Think. Yeah. So you got experience. Does you fill a hole? As, uh, this is a little bit of an injury history last year. A little yes. bit. A little bit. Um, and I don't know how pricey this one's going to cost. Mm-hmm. But it where everybody's got the Jags lined up to take big men, and, and kind of myself included in the early part of the draft, it certainly would negate having to do that. Yeah. And I don't see the hard thing to answer is, is Calais still on this team? Exactly. Is Marcel Darius going to try to work himself back on a, on a, short, on a, on a lesser contract? Those are questions I, we don't have at our disposal right now. But Wolf protects you against some of those guys, mm-hmm. some of those things. He has a veteran presence. They've had success. Pretty good pass rusher. Be, he can be uh, versatile. Interchanged, yeah. So, and does this signal that Todd Washington's defense could also play more of the hybrid sure. that you've asked yeah. for the last year? I'm not. I'm not necessarily. I'm not mad at that, especially because you know he is like a he's a big locker room guy. Like they, they really respect him there. I mean, I, I would have a hard time believing that they actually let him go out of Denver. You know, because I think that, that they cherish him that much. But overall, from a I think from a pillar standpoint, from a guy that can be a leader and obviously do things the right way, I think Derek Wolf wouldn't be a bad choice. Yeah, uh, I think it's a little bit outside the box. I don't it think is. many people on the, are going defensive line with the Jags and free agency because they feel like a, there is that possibility in the draft. Yep. Um, but again, I think Calais, is, if he's here or not, depends on this a little bit. You like that veteran presence and the versatility. Uh, I didn't mind your Byron Jones pick at all, but I'm not going to go there. Okay. Bashad Breeland. Yeah. Out of KC. Another good one. How much is he going to command? Not going to be a lot, I don't think. I don't think so either. Uh, he was like a $2 million guy last year. Mm-hmm. So was Byron Jones. I feel like Jones might command a little bit more. Oh, he's, he'll be he, an upside he, he's right going to demand more, for sure, so, without a doubt. I wonder what – I think he brings a physical nature to him as well. Uh, so I 
I think you could go there and cover up the corner spot because I don't think it's going to work out with Boye at the end of the day. Mm. Uh, I'm not as dismissive of Boye, but I certainly don't think as it stands right now with his current dollars that it's going to work out, and I'm not sure he's going to restructure. I do think the team would like to keep him more than others believe so. But um, So I got Breland. And, and by the way, even if you had Boye, mm-hmm. a guy like Breland doesn't oh. hurt you. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, yeah. it just adds to your depth. Exactly. Uh, and I would say it probably puts Trey Herndon back on the bench. But yeah. you can't have enough of those guys. They're kind of like the receiver position. It doesn't feel like they all make it through camp in the early stages of the year mm-hmm. and stay healthy. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, in terms of depth, man, it's like having another defensive lineman, right? Like, the, the key to a good defensive line is the depth. And I think the same thing can be said um, at the cornerback position, especially, you know, the, the pass-happy league where sometimes teams go three, four wide out. So uh, I'm not mad at that call. We had a conversation earlier in the week, or again, I, I, my, my days are all mixed up. I don't know if it's early in the week or late last week. We did priority for the Jags. Yeah. In terms of their own guys, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, yep. Marcel Darius, AJ Boye. I think when we do this exercise, a lot depends on what priorities and decisions and how those things worked out and what you want to do here. One, how much money is available. Two, what positions do you have to cover up? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and just three, how did that shake out? The kind of like the mentality of the football team from a leadership standpoint. Or a youth standpoint. Exactly. And I think, I mean, if we both had something in common right now about our picks, Brent, our number one overall pick was a tight end. Right? And and, and listen. You and could say number one, two, and three. Oh, exactly. <laughs> if you really want to go down that list. And I think that really is the key. I mean, if you can take any kind of synopsis out of what we just did here, it is the importance of the tight end, right? It is the importance where if Gardner Minshew is the starter going forward, you get him that bona fide tight end that can give him confidence that he can look to the middle of the field and throw that ball to. So I think the tight end is definitely the key position. And keep in mind, too, in very rare occurrences, do tight ends drafted, you know, their first year as a rookie, come in right away and make an impact, all right? The, those guys are few and far between, and especially um, as a team of the Jaguars right now who need to win ASAP, I think the, the key there lies in getting a legit tight end in the free agency. All right, a couple of responses. Uh, Matt, by the way, says uh, a while back, says, Derek Henry, Amari Cooper, Chris Jones. All right, I think that's going to be a little... <laughs> Salary cap doesn't exist, remember, Brent? It's all right. <laughs> I think he was kidding. Uh Chris on the Yannick front says he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville, so tag him and trade him for something, a first or second. You know, we throw around that mm-hmm. like it's easy. You know, it's like it's like we talk about trading back in the draft. You don't think the Jags have wanted to trade back at all? I, I, I don't think that's true. They might not have seen the value in it. They might not have got enough phone calls over the years. But when they've been in that top five, I think, sure, they went into that thing saying, hey, let's try to compile some picks. Mm-hmm. Now, the position they've been, they also are trying to, Hey, let's, what makes us best right now? So you got to balance that part. One other thing I didn't say about Yannick, but isn't Yannick the truest test of what Dave Caldwell said at his end-of-the-year news conference? Really, his welcome back. Hey, we're yeah. going to be back for another year. The truest test of our job, and it's a difficult thing, is to balance winning now and what's best for the future of this franchise. Sure. And I think he, they showcased that a little bit with Jalen Ramsey and what move happened there. Well, Yannick Ngakwe is the truest test of that. The Jaguars are trying to win now, but they also have to do what's right and what's best for the franchise in the long term. And uh, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, they're they're tasked with doing that. 
I think Yannick Ngakwe is the poster child of that, however this works out. Well, and keep in mind, too, what is it going to say about Dave Caldwell, who came out and said after the season that signing Yannick Ngakwe is the number one priority? And if you can't sign Yannick Ngakwe... You know what, what is that really going to tell you? That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Josh, by the way, says regarding the trading on, I would expect more than the Ramsey trade. Premier DEs are Oof. worth more than CBs, meaning defensive ends and cornerbacks. Correct. Josh, I don't disagree with you in terms of the premier position nature. I don't think you're getting more than it's what you not got. Not going to happen. What what the Jags got is about as max you can get for a player that's on your roster. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, now. If you are, have the first overall pick in the draft, or if you had a quarterback, I mean, Khalil Mack, I guess they got more? Yeah, I mean, it was two first-rounders. And some other And then, then some change. Yeah, there was some tra- they traded some players away. Yeah. But but when it comes down, I think it was like two first-rounders and a third-rounder. Okay, so, so maybe they got a little bit more. But yeah. my point being, what the Jags got from Ramsey is about as good as it gets. I don't see them getting that for Yannick Ngakwe. I but, really don't. Well, and, and to kind of make the you know the, the guy on Twitter his point, though, keep in mind, when Cleo Mack went to Chicago, that whole culture changed at least for a year. Now, last year, you know, they're kind of back to the dumps again. But when Cleo Mack came in two years ago for the Chicago Bears, that defense was changed. Brent. The, the, that whole team was different, and he had a direct effect on it. To be fair with Jalen Ramsey going to the Rams, I mean... Yeah, maybe he made some plays here or there, but did he really change the whole dynamic of that defense? Uh, I think it would be hard to say no. Yeah, and no, I don't think he did. Yeah. But also for Jalen, Jalen is considered one of the best, if not two best, players in the league at his position, at least at the time. I mm-hmm. think many people would say that, especially with the falling off of Xavier Rhodes a little. People are not saying that about Yannick Ngakwe. Now, he thinks he is, mm-hmm. and maybe he is and will be. But there's a lot of folks that would almost say, I'm not sure he's the second best guy on your own team right now. Yeah. With Calais and Josh Allen. Sure. Again, if you listen, Jan, that's on me saying that. That's <laughs> what his people would say. That's at Brent A.S. Jacks <laughs> on Twitter. But seriously, right? Yeah. So there's a difference in value. I mean, I think I think this fan base, I think this organization values Yannick Ngakwe a lot. Mm-hmm. But you still have to wonder what the rest of the NFL values. And Yannick Ngakwe. And we don't know that. We might soon find that out. But we really don't know uh, all of that. Uh, NorCal Bryan, by the way, says first and third for Yannick Ngakwe. So we're still getting some... On the uh, same wavelength, NorCal Bryan. Uh, that was yeah, his name, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah we're, we're on the same wavelength. Uh, Tim says, can you please explain Yannick's value? Pro... Uh, I don't know what he says here. Focus doesn't... Oh, pro football, I think is what he's trying to say. Okay. Uh, pro football focus doesn't have him high. The stats don't say he's special, and he can't stop the run. Okay, there's a narrative that he can't stop the run. That's not true in terms of he can't stop the run. Is he Khalil yeah. Mack against the run? Probably not. I don't think I don't think a lot of guys are, Brent. Okay, but that's the measuring. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, want I get contract. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So he's not. There sure. He hasn't been. He hasn't been. But he's not as he's not bad against the run. No. I, I think that is a false narrative out there. Uh, and. I'll give you a stat, Tim, that says he is pretty darn special, and I give it to you all the time. 37 and a half sacks. Vince, uh, Vic Beasley has the same amount in five years. Jan has done it in four years. Jan has the second most sacks in franchise history. That's a special stat to me. Uh, he says defensive tackles are far more important. Donald Cox Jones make all the defensive ends better. Ooh, we can, that, that, well, that, that's a debate. Him. By the way, Aaron Donald is a great player. That's a great play. Oh, yeah. He does make Dante Fowler and others better, no doubt. He's a special guy. Yes. Fletcher Cox, very good player. 
big part of the reason they won that Super Bowl. Geno Atkins, all, all that they had really in Cincinnati in the defensive Chris line. Chris Jones been a difference maker, yeah. and they've also had good defensive ends in Kansas City, including One could now say Frank Clark. Calais Campbell in Jacksonville. Calais Campbell has done it. Marcel Darius has proven. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's an important part of a very good defense. Yeah. But nobody, nobody will say they're more valuable on a whole than defensive ends. My man, Brett. Nobody. Yeah. No. The, the, I mean, nobody from the standpoint, I think, of making the big bucks. Now, yes, obviously Aaron Donald got paid like, you know, a legit guy because guess what? Aaron Donald is a once-in-a-lifetime player. Okay? Um, even like J.J. Watt, but to be fair, J.J. Watt played more defensive end a lot, especially in passer situations, than, you know, like Aaron Donald would. So, yeah, I, I still think the, the premier position is definitely the defensive end, that pass rusher type, as opposed to a three technique. By the way, how about this? Just for, and you tell me it might be wrong. Fletcher Cox or give me give me the best pass. Uh, not Khalil Mack. Von Miller. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I'm taking Von Miller. Yeah. How about this? Aaron Donald or Von Miller? Ooh. See, I'm taking Aaron Donald. I I, I think he's the best defensive line in all of football. Like defensive end or defensive tackle. So I'm going to Aaron Donald every single time. How about Fletcher Cox or Frank Clark? <sighs> Ah, uh, that's a. I just think from what he brings to a team, I'd probably actually go Fletcher Cox. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then you're speaking to him. Well, no, but, 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 <laughs> but that, that kind of goes to show you what I think about Frank Clark, though. You know, yeah, like, Frank Clark didn't really have a great season. It'd be like, what would you say, uh, Fletcher Cox or Demarcus Lawrence? Well, what, he had like six and a half, seven sacks this season? And Fletcher Cox, you know, balled out, so. You know what's amazing, man? It shows you when we do that little demonstration the value of Calais Campbell. Yeah. Guy that can play both at an elite level. Yeah. Uh, now, can he still? He's going to be 34 years old. Uh, that's that's the debate. We come back. Uh, speaking of a guy that's getting older but is unbelievable. That's part of my bowling and falling. Plus, we asked the question about the Houston Astros. A little more football talk plus staying your late. A lot to get to in the final 40 minutes. Live at UNF Arena. Tip time, 7 o'clock. We'll see you here on the campus of the University of North Florida. All righty, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live from UNF Arena. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos along as well back in the studios. We're here at UNF Arena on the campus of the University of North Florida. Nick had a question called in. I don't know if it's Nick the boss or just Nick call it. Maybe Nick wanted to know what the heck we were talking about. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But he basically said, what's the franchise tag? Here's a summary of it. The franchise tag, one-year deal that holds the player's rights with the team. Simple as that. This prevents the player from becoming a free agent. And when that happens, there's a designated salary for that player, and it's the average of the top players at that position. So it's a position salary. For instance, quarterback is well, last year was $24.8 million. The defensive end, which would be Yannick's situ- uh, position, was $17.1 million. Should go up. I've heard like 17.5, but then I've also heard numbers in the 18 and 19 million. So uh, what that will be in 2020. But that is, in a nutshell, what the uh, franchise tag is. There are other parts of the tag, which can be a transitional tag, but that's the main story on a tag. And if they tag a player, which, by the way, the Jags have not done a lot of. Last person they tagged, I think, was Scobie in 2012. And they've only tagged two players in franchise history, if you go back to the start of this, in 07, Mercedes Lewis being the other. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you explained it because I think you you know my thoughts about the franchise tag, and I probably would have had like the Jose Altuve response 
uh, whereas it can be really short and not so sweet. So thank you for explaining it, Brent. Well, here's the deal. Players like Austin don't like the tag because yeah. it really is a it's a power play from the organization. Now, the players do get compensated very handsomely they do. for being tagged, but it does prevent them from going to get more money, guaranteed dollars, all the rest for another year. Yeah. So therefore, you're risking injury and all the rest and risking a little bit of your earning potential down the road. I always say, too, from a team's perspective, if a team wants to franchise take a player, you're basically saying, yeah, we want you, but, you know, do we really want you like that bad, or we're just going to kind of use something in the language that says, well, we want you for the year, and we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to rip through some things here, okay? I could do balling on a lot of different levels, but Daytona 500 just got sold out, so I just, nice. I just came across. Uh, Tiger Woods is four under through 11 in the opening round, going for a win. Double nice. Three, so that's nice. Uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on how he you doing. you you shooting three pointers is not balling. No, uh, that might be falling because we just had a three point shooting contest the previous break. Yeah, we both were gassed after it. Oh, this okay. was just a shooting contest. Okay, up to ten. You were tired too. You were winded. Okay, and uh, I went first. I hit two of my first four, and then all of my last. Oh, six, the so wheels fell off. Yeah, Austin was two for nine, and yep. then hit the money ball in the ice last water. one to win it. I, I, ice water in the veins, Brent. Don't worry about it, man. Dang. Don't Guys worry about it. Clutch moments before. That must be it. <laughs> I'm no stranger to him. Uh, but anyway, my balling is going to be LeBron James. Yep. Triple double last night. And man, I I just love LeBron James. And I want to not like him in a Laker uniform, but I'm just loving LeBron James. I mean, the, the, what a nice couple weeks he's had. The tribute, uh, really, few weeks. I, I shouldn't say nice for him, but if you just this 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 guy's unbelievable as an athlete. I really do. Today's athlete. He is remarkable on so many levels. Triple-double, he's 17 years in. He might be, should be up for the MVP of the league. He really should be. Well, Giannis says, hold my Euro, but I got you. Yeah, well, stop having babies in the middle of the season. <laughs> uh, but he really is in that conversation. If you look at some of the metrics and the in the analytics, yeah. the numbers are incredible with LeBron on the court and, and not on the floor. Yeah. Uh, his tribute with his words to uh, Kobe Bryant shortly after his passing. His tribute with the dunk. And yeah. that picture, if you haven't seen that picture, what an incredible picture that was of its dunk. But a tribute to Kobe Bryant, who had a similar dunk 19 years earlier. And then today, he just tweeted out, I think he was asked about, he just partnered up with Kent State uh, in Ohio mm-hmm. with his foundation and his school that he created to have scholarships to Kent State. And there's a, I, we don't have the time to go into what he's done with that program. But it's a unique program, and what he's done in the Akron area will really be his legacy, most likely, beyond basketball, believe it or not. Now, to the masses, it will be basketball, and he's one of the greatest of all time. But to the folks in Akron, what he's done to help the youth there, a place where he grew up and came out of, um, and transitioned to high school and now into college, it's pretty incredible. I invite you to go read up on it because it's, it's awesome stuff. Let me ask you this question. Is LeBron James one of the greatest professional athletes of all time? Now, I say that because obviously, yes, he's a legit basketball player, one of the best to ever do it, don't get me wrong. But I use the term professional athletes in saying what he does for his community, um, you know, what like the outside world says about him, how he handles himself in the media. I honestly can't think of a better guy. You know I mean? Obviously, there's a little thing with, you know, I'm going to Miami and all that and how that was handled. But besides that, man... the worst thing anybody can say about him. I know, but, but but besides that, there's not a lot of blemishes on that guy's record. Man. I have said in this day and age, where you are in the spotlight and take on a much bigger appeal than just basketball and dribbling and shooting and all the 
incredible things he does with the basketball. I have said this for the last handful of years. I think he is the greatest athlete we have in sports right now in terms of the total package. Yeah. I think he gets it more than any athlete that we have in sports right now. And that doesn't make him without flaw, by the way. Uh, but I think he's just incredible the mm-hmm. way he handles it. And uh, from a young age all the way till now, to do it for this long, uh, you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I think he is that guy. And in many respects, by the way, what we learned about Kobe Bryant after his passing is just how good of a role model outside of basketball he became and was. Mm-hmm. I think we already know that about LeBron James, at least to this point. We might not know depths of it, sure, but we're seeing it, yep. and it's pretty incredible. So there might be others, and I'm sure there are others. But LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, there are not, really, take Tom Brady away because worldwide Tom Brady isn't nearly as big as those two guys. Globally, you'd have to go to Messi and, yep. and soccer players yeah. to have an athlete with the impact Tiger and LeBron have. Usain Bolt, maybe, if you maybe. want to argue that. But yeah, you, you know the category no. we're getting into. Yeah, for sure. And he is that big of an athlete globally. So, yeah. balling once Good, again man. for LeBron James. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Kuz, do you got the Trevor Bauer audio, just before I set this up? Yep. yep. Awesome. All right, so Trevor Bauer, Brent, uh, Cincinnati Reds pitcher, um, was on a show called The Starting Nine a couple days ago and literally just uh, dropped some hot fire on what he thinks about the MLB commissioner and the rule changes that are trying to be implemented in Major League Baseball. Check this out. He can't even go to social media and see anything about the game. Steph Curry throws a bounce pass in an NBA game, and it's trending with 1.5 million views five minutes later, and Mike Trout goes and launches himself and robs a homer or something, and you can't find the highlight anywhere online. It's ridiculous. You got BAM, that baseball advanced media that was designed to just centralize all MLB content and force people to pay to have access to it. Great, you made a lot of money up front. But you centralize all this content, you make people pay for it, and you know what you get? You get a missing generation of fans. I mean, let's not even talk about, like, the shoes, the cleats. Oh, hey, Mike Clevenger, you can't wear those shoes that are colorful that everybody on Twitter likes because it violates our stupid cleat policy where you get three colors of cleats. Like, I mean, what does it even matter? Just let the players express themselves. Let it have some personality. You want to market the game? Don't change it. Don't make the mound 62 feet. Don't make playoffs where you have to pick your opponent and freaking whatever. Don't change the game. Market the players. Brent, are you crying right now, man? Or, or are you that taken back by that speech? Just no, I think it's how proud you are. No, I, no, I'm saying in a good way. Like yeah, you're, just, you're inspired. Yeah. It, what he's saying is all these rule changes, right? Yeah. And 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 we're not going to get to that today because the Houston story trumped that. I'm not talking all all different levels of baseball. We'll do that tomorrow. Sure. But there were rule changes implemented, and I want to go through them with you, see if you like some of them or not. But the one that we talked about the other day was more ex- expansion in the playoffs and then you get to pick your own team and that's what set Trevor Bauer off correct he's not wrong about the other stuff all the other sports market their players mm-hmm. market their sport brilliantly to the new age Major League Baseball is not and I mean even a a stodgy sport if you will of golf sure has done a way better job than Major League Baseball of advancing and showcasing to the youth and Embracing personalities, mm-hmm. Ricky Fowler, yep. Mickelson, yeah. even old and, and young personalities. So he's got a great point. Yeah. How about Fallen? Fallen. Uh, what else is new? The New York Knicks, Fallen. 
Um, Kevin Durant. It's worth a lot of money. Yeah, so check this out. Kevin Durant of the Nets goes on uh, one of the biggest hip-hop radio stations in New York, says that the New York Knicks aren't cool. Couple days later, ironically, the New York Knicks hire a new brand advisor in Steve Stout. During an interview with ESPN a couple days after that, Stout goes on to say that the Knicks would eventually uh, are going to fire Mike Miller and then bring a new coach in to change the culture and to change the whole brand of the New York Knicks. Problem is, is the fact that, well, Stout doesn't really work with the personnel department, and one of his very first days on the job of trying to create the image um, in a better light for the New York Knicks was tarnished because he said that the Knicks are going to release Mike Miller, forcing the New York Knicks to release a statement on Twitter saying that they are not going to release Mike Miller. Um, they plan to keep him around for a while. So how ironic that you bring in a new guy for PR and you actually have to do PR about that guy that made the mistake. Wow, I mean, somewhere, New York Knicks, you gotta love it. Somewhere there's a class. The gift in, that in keeps on giving. And, and the organizations these days yeah. are front and center. I mean, it's easy material. Yeah. Professors don't have to do any work. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like thank you, thank you. I <laughs> mean, sure. what the heck yeah. is going on in professional sports <laughs> when it comes to PR? All right, I was gonna do some uh, headlines, but I'm gonna save that. I got my my bone is simply I, mean, I don't know how I can get away I'm sorry my phone is is the Astros today yeah. was a mess and I have a piggyback question on that when we come back we'll finally answer this and I want you to jump in on it we got a lot to get to we got stay in your lane we got some crazy headlines and we got this answer was the sign stealing more damaging or or more of an advantage I should say than the steroid era was. More of an advantage for the Houston Astros than the steroid era was for the players that took them. We answer that question when we come back. Action Swish X on ESPN 690. All right, welcome back. we got a lot to get to in the final few minutes. Getting back to the Astros to answer a question I've had all show long. That's pretty good of me, right? Yeah. Getting not, back to the question. Not bad. Maybe if we don't run out of time. It only took us three hours, but now we're here. I know. Yeah. I know. But I remembered. I'm like, good call. That's the second time I've patted myself on the back here today. <laughs> Uh, we'll let you know. I just ran to the bathroom real quick, looked at this. I, this might be a little aggressive on the, the medium shirt. Dude, I think you're all right, man. Showing, showing hey, up the guns. I, I'm just telling you, I think you're all right. Yeah. See, you go back to the weight room a couple of times uh, now. and Works and wonders. There you go. You throw on a small shirt. The, 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 the intermittent fasting in the weight room work. Brent, I'm just going to say, if, if you go vegan, man, you might make the pro tour for, for golfing. Just saying. I just saying. Look into that. Can yeah. I do like vegan, like just Monday through Friday, and then eat on the weekends? I mean, I think that's what Coos does. Um, do I'm not sure, like you know, what kind of powers vegan. Yeah, I do. I do vegan for lunch and dinner, but breakfast I like eggs too much. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he cannot go all in. All right, I'm going all in on these headlines. Hit me I with them. The headlines. Ready? Yep. How about the first one? Okay. Baker Mayfield's alleged mistress does radio interview and claims they once hooked up behind a cheesecake factory a month after he got married. This is the best segment ever. Uh, number I was one, not bouncing well, I was going to say, did you see it happen? Um, yeah, interesting. You know, I'm, once again, I'm going to need to see the car facts. Not like I need to see like proof. I just need to see some more people coming forward and saying it's true. Jennifer Lopez blasts critics who say her Super Bowl halftime performance was too sexy. We're with you, J-Lo. We're with J-Lo all day. Come uh, on. Let's see. Uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos has purchased David Geffen's Beverly Hills home for $165 million. It's That's the biggest change. transaction I hear in the L.A. area ever. Really? $165 million, which is pocket change. That's pocket change for him. 
even though he's, he's been divorced and gave half of his money I know. away, I think. Hey, just throw like ESPN 690, just a cool mill. All right, uh, teacher suddenly resigns during school board meeting, says teaching is like a bad marriage. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a couple teachers of mine wanted to do that. Uh, half of us face obesity dire projection show. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what else we got? Seven-foot alligator sneaks into Florida home. Sneaks in? How do you sneak in? You don't you're seven-foot alligator. Yeah, you're not sneaking anywhere. Uh, let's see what else I have. Oh, here's a good one. This will end. Uh, maybe with two more. Harrison Township man charged with driving super drunk to his court hearing. Is this in Wisconsin? The Harrison Township? I think that's Pennsylvania. Dang. Oh, no, it's Detroit. Sorry. Detroit, okay. Uh, okay. Let's see what else I got. Woman with 45-year age gap oh, hubby says, I'm 25, he's 70. What's the problem? <laughs> well, if you're the 70-year-old, nothing. Yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> and by the way. That's a win. If you're 25 years old and you're attracted to a 70-year-old man, you have issues. Wasn't there a movie about that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You do have issues. I know. I, I, I mean, Brent, Valentine's Day is coming up. I think, you know, everyone deserves somebody, whether they're 70 years old or not. Mm-hmm. And you're 25. Um, all right, uh, this is this is the last one. Florida man, of course, <laughs> of course, pulls over officer to ask for directions. Wait for it. Gets busted for DUI. <laughs> <laughs> I love these, man. Those, those are, are awesome. Good stuff. Keep those coming, Probably Brent. have too many of them, but nope, uh, that's not at all. It. All right, uh, go stay in your lane, and then I'll finish. Stay in your lane real quick. Kuz, hit us with... Do we still have the music? Do we have music for this anymore? I have no idea. Uh, whatever. So uh, I just wanted to make sure it still existed. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, for, for stay in your lane, Brent, I'm going cruise control here. We got some... Okay. Oh, okay. sorry. I had Hold to bust that. it back out. And the car started back up. Uh, that's like a car in Wisconsin or Rhode Island. Oh, I know, in the man. Winter. Middle winter time. You got to give it some time to warm up a little bit. Kuz, hit me with the audio of Dwayne Wade talking about uh, his... A former son, now daughter on Ellen DeGeneres' show. We are we are proud. When I say proud, we are proud parents um, of a child in the LGBTQ plus uh, community, and we're proud allies as well. Um, and we we take our, our roles and our responsibility as parents very seriously. When our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that, to give them the best information that we can, the best feedback that we can. First, Zion, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, originally named Zion, Zion born um, as a boy, came home and said, hey, you know, I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth. And I want to be referenced as she. And so internally, now is our job to, one, go out and get information. My wife reached out to everybody on the, the uh, cast of Pose. Um, and we're just trying to figure out as much information we can to make sure that we give our child the best opportunity to be, you know, her best self. Listen, I understand that the world, you know, of, of, of a transgender person right now is very taboo to talk about on the radio. But I just want to commend Dwayne Wade for going on national television and coming forward as, you know, obviously as a father and um, supporting his daughter now, you know. And listen, you can think whatever you want to think about it. I know there's going to be a lot of negative response probably even from uh, playing that audio. But I just feel like I'm not going to get in the way of stopping somebody's happiness. Um, I don't think they're doing this out of attention. I think this is just who they are. And props to Dwayne Wade for 
recognizing that, I guess, and um, you know, b- being proud of that. He's so props to, to him. Gabrielle Union, Correct. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And listen, I I give him a lot of credit for coming on and talking about it and admitting that it's a difficult thing. It is because the bottom line is you can play all the PR, PC, correct, all that stuff right now. Yep. And the bottom line is, as a parent, it would be a very difficult thing. Absolutely. Um, and uh, he admits that. Mm-hmm. And says going to re- change his views on it a little bit, and that happens. I think kids make you change yeah. some of your views on all different things. For sure, uh, this one is a very distinct, different view. It is, but uh, like I said, it's props to Dwayne Wade for being a for, for being a stand-up father. I believe story, and I don't know. I, I guess he's trying to use the platform a little bit. Yeah, because to be honest with you, it's like I I feel like that's none of my business, Dwayne yeah. Wade. But sure. if he wants to. Share that and, and help parenting along and yeah. help others that are, are going through this, uh, going through this, but uh, you know experiencing exactly this, which is unique. Yep. Um, then, then uh, good. For I him. think he's a be he be a great ambassador. Absolutely. All right. How about uh, pump your brakes? Pump your brakes, Brent. Well, on Tuesday I saw one of the biggest highway robberies in all professional sports. The Westminster Dog Show was going on, um, and in the working group there was a Doberman Pinscher that should have won best in show. And the reason why I say that, because if you ever watch a dog show, did you watch the West, Westminster Dog no. Okay, well, you're missing out. But, um, it was on in the background, well, and I was you're, not watching. Well, you're definitely missing out. So not believe the, it's on so the, so the Westminster Dog Show, this Doberman Pinscher, Brent, like, it, it was almost self-aware of the fact that it knew what was going on. It, it knew that it was in the Super Bowl. It knew that it needed a big performance. And it was like the Patrick Mahomes of Doberman Pinchers, man. Like, <laughs> this thing was, like, prancing. He was swagging on everybody. Like, I'm like, oh, for sure, it's a shoe-in winner. Unfortunately, maybe some controversy, but they gave it to a poodle instead. They, they literally gave it to the Kim Kardashians of, of the dog world. And, and I say that where, yes, they may, they may be intelligent creatures, but also there's a lot of fluff there. The Poodle should not have won Best in Show. Shame on you, Westminster Dog Show. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah, and uh, first time, uh, one made, what was the, uh, the kind of dog that made like the final or final four or something like that? Come on, the golden retriever? I don't. Golden retriever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the first time or yeah. something, right? Yeah, but it didn't win. Yeah, didn't win. once again, a Poodle. Yeah, I'm staying out of the dog. Store. And it looked ridiculous, by the way, because you know it was all like, cut up with like the like the uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. Well, watch yourself. It was bad. Uh, I know. All right, I'm gonna check every box on this show, and we're gonna answer the question. Yes. Do you think st- this sign stealing is more advantageous than the steroid era? I think hands down, because coming really? from coming from the world of football, what do you think is more of an advantage? A running back taking steroids, making him bigger, faster, stronger, or a defense knowing exactly what play the offense is gonna run? Wow, good call. It's a good goal. Good context. Thank I you very much. I agree with you, but I say it from this, because at least as we know it, to this degree, the Astros were the only ones doing it. Yeah. Everybody steals signs, but they do it kind of like we all steal signs, whether you're 12 years old, 15 years old, 25 years old. Not like this. Mm-hmm. This was different. And so it would be like the first guys that took steroids, maybe the Maguires and Sosas of the world, and their advantage. But then sooner or later, everybody was doing it. Yeah. So, again, I'm not asking you which one is more scandalous, which one's worse for the sport of baseball, all those. I'm asking you which one's more advantageous. And, again, if you can, you still have to hit the baseball in both sports. Yeah. You still have to do a lot of things and perform in both, I'm sorry, both uh, aspects. We saw what, what type of pitch is coming at you. You still have to identify that. Yes. And yeah. I always say that about the steroid error. You can maybe hit a little bit further, yeah. but you still have to hit it. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. Well, they made hitting a lot easier. 
if they knew what pitch was coming with the video technology, the pounding of the barrels, everything else. And again, I think the most important part is they were doing something that we don't believe anybody else was doing. Sure. And so they had an upper hand advantage of that. It would be like, in your example, only one team in the NFL knowing everybody's offensive play. Exactly. So I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, and, and yet I think if you said, when I say it out loud, it's like, oh, definitely steroids. Yeah. Right? Because the steroids has that stigma. It does, but and this no, is on such a smaller scale, but the smaller to me, it's scale no actually makes it more of an advantage. Absolutely. All right, that's the show for a Thursday. Tomorrow we'll be on the road again at the auto show. We're going to drive it tomorrow. We, we're going to Rocco Shrine, right? Uh, Prime Osborne. Prime Osborne. Yeah. I don't know where, where good, that is. Good thing I told you. I'll Thank tell you. you. I'll okay. give you directions. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, I've got the uh, call tonight. River City Rumble. We'll have it on TV and some Daytona coverage tonight on uh, Fox 30 and CBS 47 Plus. ESPN Plus tonight. JU and UNF, or come on down. You got an hour, 7 o'clock tip in the River City Rumble. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.